While we'll be consuming alcohol throughout the show, should you choose to join in, we ask that you only do so where it's legal, safe, and in moderation. We also welcome your feedback and suggestions on our Instagram at Movies Rock Podcast. And should we say anything rude, non-inclusive, or otherwise wrong, we apologize in advance. We are affirming of all, so with that being said, offense or ill will is never our intent. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome to Movies on the Rocks. This is it is I, Thomas, and we are the Murder Boys. Murder, 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 And uh, as always, it is us. It is us, the Murder Boys. We're here. This is Movies on the Rocks. We're here to talk shit, be the shit, take a shit if we have to, whenever that time arises. That is the real film break. It is that is the refill break. Yes, yes. Even though you only experience it for thirty minutes, thirty seconds, it usually is about fifteen to twenty minutes. So it's long enough for you to pinch. <laughs> it's long enough for everyone here to pinch the loaf if they need to. So, in any case, as always, you're we are here bastard with bastard reference. Yes, it on a fat bastard. There you get go. Them, get them, my belly, my belly, my belly. I got get a turtle head popping out. <laughs> uh, got a wee turtle head. Folks, if you Baby. didn't realize this toilet humor is is right on par with us. Baby back ribs. Anyways, so yeah, as always, we have Derek with us. Hello, 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 folks. And of course, Elias. Yes. 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 By the way, Tony Robbins. Get your microphone closer. Get your microphone closer, dude. Okay. Sorry. There we go. There you go. Black head coming out of the corner of the screen. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, anyways. uh, Yeah. So, this is Movies on the Rocks. And uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different shit. And stop doing that. Don't do that. You're, You're making me lose my train of thought, fucker. All right, just hold on one second, and we'll get this fucking train back on track, okay? All right, so uh, so anyways, as always, we're here to drink, talk shit, so uh, why don't we go ahead and uh, get to the drinks portion of the episode. Uh, Elias, what do you have for us today, sir? I am doing some Woodford Reserve on the rocks. Okay, nice. So fancy. Is that wine? No, it's no wine today. I'm I'm watching my bourbon. It's a bourbon. There's a bourbon. Okay, nice, (laughs) nice, nice. Is it a Kentucky bourbon? Is it the Kentucky bourbon? I don't know where it's from. I didn't even look at the label. It's too far away from me to. (laughs) It's typically what I put in my old fashioned, but nice. it, It is pretty nice when you have it on the rock. So, changing it up. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, Derek, what are you having, dude? I, I can't hear you, brother. Oh, you died, bro. You died. Oh, no. I'm there you back. Are. Okay. You go, you go, you go, you go. Yeah. I bought myself a new one. Um, so check this out. This is uh, the same people, I assume, that make Ace Pear Cider. This is Ace 
uh, mango craft cider. Ooh, very yeah, nice. So, uh, for those folks that care, it's uh, gluten free, vegan, and no sugar added. But I'm sure there's a ton of sugar in this. I mean, come I'm on. sure. It's it's yeah. It's it's quote unquote. It's quote unquote fruit juice. Hmm, that's all right. He likes uh, it. <laughs> Mikey likes it. Mikey likes life. They like me. They really is like me. Still a cereal? Is that still a thing? Right? I don't even I don't know if Kix is still a thing. I'm sure it is. But that was that was checks. I think is what he was. It's no, checks. it was life. It was life. Was Mikey life? likes life. It was life cereal, which was like graham crackers and shit, but with no sugar. <laughs> totally healthy for you. Yeah, yeah. It was like cinnamon toast crunch without the cinnamon. So that's terrible. Just, just the crunch. Of granola cereal. Uh, anyways, but uh, but yeah, yeah. This is I don't, a great show already, folks. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of mango. Mango, I could literally shit on mango because I don't give a shit. You, you're like the worst Miamian ever, dude. Am, how do you I not like Miami? Wait, mango? You don't? I hate like? mango. It's hate the mango. best fruit. It's I, the best one. Like I, I of all of it is, it is peak S level fruit. Domas, no. you must have not had really good neighbors, man, because they must have not oh, liked no. you because oh, they no, didn't no. deliver mangoes. Oh, no, 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 no. We had a neighbor, and it was everywhere. It was everywhere, those mangoes. They were everywhere. They kept giving it to my grandmother, and she kept bringing them to the house, and it was nasty because we wouldn't eat it. Like, I, well, I don't eat it. My brother likes it, but my grandmother never ate it enough, so we always had mangoes, and then there was always fruit flies in the fucking kitchen. I'm just like, God damn it, dude. Like, these fucking mangoes. So they were just... You're so disappointing get, right now. They get so ripe. And then my grandmother would be the only one eating them. My grandmother and my mom would be eating them on, on Sunday morning. But I'm like, they've been sitting for a week. And they would only have one on Sunday. Mind you, we have another 15 sitting on the counter. Dude, Just, if you can grow that in your backyard, why not, dude? There's, no. And there's so many varieties. So no. many varieties. Oh, they're so sticky and nasty. Oh, dude, ah. they, are, they are peak flavor they are literally the best fruit you know what i can do here's what i'll do i'll eat a lot of oranges okay i will shit it out and it'll be orange and then i'll wrap it in like green paper oh my god it's so ridiculous (laughs) i'll drop it at your house and say look it's a mango Thomas, what the fuck are you drinking species can we please please mango Mango. It's the best. You can, and you can have it for breakfast and say, mm, I love this shit flavored mango. Anyways, but no, I'm, I'm not. I I, it's so okay. Much. It smells, it's, and, and the smell for me is like, eh. <laughs> it's, it's You've got childhood trauma. We get it. It's All right, triggering. On. It's triggering. All right. As for me, as for me, Flatties. Tell, tell me why. So, as for me, I am drinking uh, Crystal Light Lemonade with some Four Roses bourbon. Nice, man. I still haven't figured out the whole lemonade and bourbon thing. You should try it. It's delicious. I, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. It's absolutely refreshing. With a splash of mango cider. Mango. Yeah, I certainly not as good as mango. <laughs> next next episode, I'm going to buy myself some Arnold Palmer mix, and I'm going to make a John Daly. What's a John Daly? You got to d- duck Arnold a cigarette Palmer in it? With, Arnold Palmer with bourbon. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a John legend. Daly. That's a John Daly. I love that dude. That dude's a fucking badass. I love the picture. I love that meme of him and Tiger Woods standing next to each other. I think it was from like last year's U.S. Open or the year before. Have you seen that one? 
I think no. I know exactly what you're talking so about. So John Daly's just standing in his like pink polo with his wacky ass fucking pants, and he's got that long ass fucking like hillbilly beard that he's got now, and he's white, all white, he's got all white, white hair, and he's and he's like smoking a cigarette, and then of course you know Tiger Woods today is in peak physical condition for a 48 year old, looking absolutely I mean, majestic. Yeah, he's still he's still like. It's a banger. His, like he still kicks ass. Oh no, no. For he'll kick ass for about a good two rounds. Did you if you watched him in the Masters this year? He hung around for about two rounds, bro. Halfway through the third round, bro, you could see it's bad. He can't. He can't finish one. He can't finish one. It's too much, dude. His his, his hip is in so much pain. He had to pull out. Like he had to pull out halfway through the third round. Halfway to the third round, he had to pull out of the the the, the tournament because he, he couldn't he couldn't function anymore. He was walking super slow, a visible visible limp, and invisible pain, dude. So yeah. much pain, it was it's wild, dude. But yeah, pretty no, tragic story for both yeah. those guys. But yeah, but yeah, but that, yeah, but John Daly's standing next to him, and they're just standing there. And of course, Tiger Woods is looking like fucking Peter Pan with his hands on his hips, and John Daly's just sitting, standing next to him, smoking a cigarette, you know. Like he's fucking such a G. He's such yeah. a G. I love watching his shit. And he's so good. Like his his uh his uh his 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 long game is insane. Like John Daly's long game is so good. And his short game's okay, but and then his son is on the tour too, or at least is an amateur. And he looks just like him. He's like a younger version of his dad. It's fucking wild. But he's wild. such a G. He throws down some like nasty jokes about his ex wives. Oh my god. I think he's got, like, he's got like what, like three? Oh my God, seriously? <laughs> yes. Oh, Jesus, that's awesome. <laughs> Fucking crazy ass joke, dude. I, I, I don't know if it was a joke or a comment, but it was just I'm like, sure. uh, I divorced her because of X, Y, and Z. My be- my new one tastes a lot better. It's like, <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my God. Wow, the balls, dude. Oh, he gives no fucks, really? man. That guy's amazing. Absolutely not. He's like, he's like if uh, Happy Madison actually survived the tour and continued until he was an old man Jeez. because he just gives no fucks he knows he's a redneck he plays it up because he is a redneck and he doesn't give a shit that you think that he's a redneck because he knows that he's fucking some backwoods hillbilly who's making a hundred grand 500 grand a year playing golf and he doesn't give a fuck and he doesn't have to be very like you know exercise PC or anything Oh yeah, dude. And he, I mean, only thing he doesn't do is I don't think he drinks anymore, or at least not in moderation, because he was like a supreme alcoholic in the nineties. Like he won the U.S. Open. I think it was the U.S. Open. I think he won the U.S. Open like after being on like a three-day bender. Like he's played the U.S. Open, and the night before the final round, I think he went out and just. Didn't fucking partied. He did coke, massive amounts of coke. Really? Got hammered off his ass. Showed up the day at tea time, drunk as fuck. He didn't even sleep, and he <laughs> won the final round. What a G! God. And he so asked him, yes, how, how was that? He he'll tell you he doesn't remember it at all. He doesn't remember the final round at all because he was so high and so drunk that he did not know. I mean, it was all fucking muscle memory. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. 
He's just having a good time. Why he not? Needs, just out for a casual afternoon. He needs a documentary on We Netflix. need a John Daly 30 for 30. Fucking shit, yeah, dude. 30 for 30. Or if they can't do a fucking Netflix, let's go Netflix untold, un- unwrapped or whatever the untold shit that oh, they do. Phenomenal. Phenomenal Did series. Did you watch the Donnie Manziel one? I'm going to watch the, the Florida Gators one now. I'm going to watch that one. The now. Johnny Manziel one was good. Pretty tragic story. Yeah. Um, it's pretty sad, though. It what happened really sad. Yeah. But all right. Well. Now that we've gone through the drinks and we've gone through the necessary introductions, let's take it to the news desk! News of the day. See, people at home don't get to see the hysterical-ness that you portray as you do this every time. He, he looks like a T-Rex. He looks like a it, T-Rex from Jurassic Park. In the year of our Lord. 2023. Anno Domini. I sounded like those, uh, that, that internet thing that with the goat. Ha! <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Ha! Little fainting goats. I'm sorry, yeah. folks at home. I'm sorry already. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with my news because I only have one today. I mean, I have I have a couple, but we've talked about the other ones. But this one I have we haven't talked about. So, uh, since the last time we uh, spoke, um, there has been uh, a development in the Galactic Star Cruiser hotel that's at Disney. But we've spoken about it a few times. How Disney has that Galactic Star Cruiser hotel that was like I don't know, like five grand for like two nights and three days. Some Whack ass shit like that. All encompassing experience, role playing yes, since you get there. You're fully immersed. I mean, you're 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 that weird guy from Star Wars with the lips, you know, who knows? I mean, you're that guy. You just show up and just hang around. No, but we've talked about it like I don't know, like Derek on this podcast, we're talking about like three or four times at least. Because we've always we've always come back to it because it's always startling how Disney fucked up. Like on this thing, like they just completely shit the bed in regards to this fucking hotel, you know, by yeah. making it so yeah. expensive. Well, I, were- I, I would have been okay with the immersive thing, but it, God, it was so expensive, so priced out. Yeah, they priced out their key demographic. And the last time that we talked about, well, initially, you know, we brought this up and we're like, yeah, you're pricing out your key demographic. You're, you're, you know, the, the people who are the diehards that would show up and pay the money, you're pricing them out like yeah. inherently and, and you're not gonna be able to sustain. And then the last time we talked about it was we'd heard that they were shutting shop down yeah. and, and working to keep it open. So what's so, new now? The new is they've, they've announced how much they've lost the hit they took in this oh, hotel. I'm sure it was, it was uh, like $800 great. million dollars or something. No, stupid. no, 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 not that much, but it is stupid. So apparently the company is going to take a hit in the tune of $250 million, at least that we know of in accelerated depreciation. Who's to say by the end of this whole thing, by the time they get rid of it, how much they'll have lost. But in extended depreciation, they've lost two hundred and fifty million dollars just that on is that. Nuts! Did you have you, you you've driven by it, right? You you've driven I've never by the seen, hotel. You no, haven't? no, no. The hotel is actually in the park, isn't it? No, no. It's it's no, it's not. It's right off one of the ramps as you're going to to like Hollywood Studios or something. Oh, it no, looks I've like never a, seen it. It looks like a warehouse facility, like a backside lot. 
like nothing, unimpressionable. It's exposed. You could kind of see it from afar right off the, off the highway. $300 million essentially for something that failed and is tiny. If you look at it, it is tiny. It's not, you're not thinking like the size of a, of a, one of these resorts that you typically see from Disney. It's probably the size of a single building at like an all-star resort. Yeah. So, th- so apparently, so and th- that they, and that they lost that in one quarter. I wonder if that's why it's why it's taking such a tank. Like the first people went and they were like, "Oh, this is so cool!" Until they see how limited it really is, and then maybe word of mouth know. I mean, just persuades everyone to just not go. They're breaking. Basically, it breaks down that they lo- they lose. They've lost with that hit. At least they've lost. million per cabin because I have 100 cabins. That's crazy. It's 100 cabins. It's insane, dude. Like, we've talked about it, and I wish this is one of the times where I wish that Eric was on the show still, too, because he would be like, Yes, fuck Disney. (laughs) Fuck the nerds. nerds. Fuck Galactic Star Cruiser. No, because he, he likes Star Wars and all, but he's just like, he's like, these are, he, since the beginning, he was like, they're fucking stupid. <laughs> like, he's just like, they're, they're dumb as shit. These people are dumber than a bag of fucking rocks on a hot day. Like, it's dumb. Because they you know just made saying? poor decisions. Honestly, like, I feel like if they, if they probably started this project today, they probably would have made a lot better decisions financially. You know, because the 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 start the the Disney of today is very different than it was, you know, five yeah. six years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I mean, it probably could have been more, let's say, conservative from a uh, uh, not uh, maybe not conservative. What's the what's the word? Whenever frugal, right? Frugal, yeah. More more more, uh, you know, particular look, about your spending and whatnot. Look, look, I, look. I think they probably on, and this is just me. It was six thousand dollars per person, or was it per couple? Was it per person? I think it was. I think it was six thousand dollars for like two nights, and it allowed for for up to two people or something like that. Yeah. So, 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 but, but it was like, dude, like to be honest with you, you could have done the same thing and had that shit booked, booked, okay? Because people pay in Disney, they pay a thousand dollars a night, like at Grand Floridian. Okay. Gladly. Yep. Gladly. Gladly. They'll pay a thousand dollars a night at the Grand Floridian Hotel. What makes you say they wouldn't have paid a thousand dollars per person? Okay. All right. For two nights. All right. And you would, and you could fit. I think, I think the two person, the two, the two people, $6,000 price is in a room that fits four people. The cabin fits up to four people. Mm-hmm. If they had priced it out at a thousand dollars a night for four people, they would have had that shit booked. Okay, it would have been sold out, and they could have done two, three days bookings, and only max two, three day bookings, and it would have been, it, they would have been making so much money. And then so you sell money. add-ons. You sell special costumes. Yes. Yes, you sell add-ons, costumes, yeah. the merch. All the merch day. is what makes you make money on, dude. Divert the story a little bit. It's pennies on the fucking dollar, yeah. dude. Yeah, they print money, dude. They could print money for themselves. Yes. It's pathetic. But it was it's it's like the worst like business like whoever like it's a great idea. But the actual like like 
Price point. The, the execution. Not just the you pre- mean? execution. The execution Excuse of the idea is a fucking disaster. Like, like I hope. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but the person who probably who probably executed the idea, I hope they don't work for the company anymore because they're fucking idiots. Because I mean, I mean, like it's like they get laid just, off for sure. Yeah, they probably got laid off in the big layoffs. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you just fucking you, you, I, you, you had Disney throw down. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it cost them close to a, a half a billion dollars just to build that place, at least. Yeah, at least. I mean, it's yeah. because because you got to figure um, when, and I think that they were they were savvy enough to acknowledge that if we're going to confine people to this very small or, or confining space, right? It's not as widespread as, you know, our outdoor parks or, or, you know, um, animal kingdom or whatever, magical kingdom for that matter. Right. So, so we got to confine people here. We need to up our quality, you know, so that, I mean, people are going to be staring at these walls. We need them to make sure that they're they're not peeling and they, they look, you know, like a spaceship, for example. And man, yeah, I really wanted this to be good. I, so you know I. Let's let's just hope that it becomes like some sort of thing that you can just buy like a timeshare of or something like that now. <laughs> I don't know, dude, because the thing is, is that, let's see, they still have, what do they still have? On Disney property, they still have the old uh, water park that was used to be there, that um, swamp country or whatever the hell it used to be called. The oh, old water mm-hmm. park. People, where people have like broken in and taken pictures and yeah, no, you're, like, you're thinking of the Swiss Family Robinson. No 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 no, 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 no. That's out in Disneyland. That's it's, Disneyland. It's an old water park that got closed yeah. in the early nineties, um, yeah. condemned. And the water is, is infested by amoeba. So you can't swim in it like brain eating amoebas and they've got alligators and all sorts of other shit, but it's like a broken down attraction and people have like swam uh, to the facility, taking pictures, something the Grand uh, oh, River, know. something. Yeah, something like that. It's 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 their old water park they had before um, before, before Typhoon, Typhoon Lagoon. Yeah. Before Typhoon Lagoon came out, when Typhoon Lagoon came out, they got rid of that one. Um, and then so then there's that, and then of course you have Tom Sawyer's Island in Magic Kingdom. That is, you they, they they close it down at sunset because the place is infested with snakes. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, so you can go to Tom Sawyer's Island at Magic Kingdom. You can take the boat across, but at, they 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 you cannot you cannot stay on on Tom Sawyer's Island overnight because it is infested with snakes. So then they have a character meet and greet with Samuel L. Jackson. Snakes on the motherfucking yes, island. <laughs> yes, yes, that that and, and then he plays jazz. He plays blues like Black Snake Moan. Oh my god! Oh my friend! Uh, hi, Disney's, Disney's River Country. That's what it's called. Yeah, Derek, River look Co- it up. River Country. That's right. Disney's River Country. Yeah, I'm gonna People, check it out. Really cool. I'm creepy creepy pictures. Oh, Fucking awesome. Speaking of Tom Sawyer's Island, I remember during the pandemic that when when Disney was closed, two dudes actually snuck into the park, and they snuck into the park and they stayed at Tom Sawyer's Island. For like, a, like two days, and then Disney found them. Like they figured it out because they, 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 they the sessions kept coming off, and they got them. And they were there for maybe like a day or two. <laughs> it was just like insane. The two guys are like when the drones came by, the guys were like, "Yeah!" It was just like it's hilarious. They brought People are nuts, like man. A, they brought food for like a weekend or some shit. The one that hilarious. I was remembering was Discovery Island. You guys ever heard of that one? No, where's no. that one? 
so Discovery Island is in Bay Lake, right off of Disney's Contemporary Resort and right next to Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. It was it was a, a park that they had, had opened up in family? 74 and they closed it in it looks like 99 and it I've seen like uh YouTube videos where people like go out there at night and shit. Well, they they have to like, get their own boat, cross mm-hmm. that alligator infested pond yeah. and get into this place that's basically like shut down. There's nowhere really to dock or anything like that. And they get all kinds yeah. of footage. And like it's it's crazy to watch how like I don't know. Anybody's ever gone down the rabbit hole of watching looking up like abandoned amusement parks on YouTube, it is a rabbit hole. My gosh. Yeah. There's so yeah. crazy shit yeah. out there. Yeah, dude. It's it's wild what what's what's there. Like I love people that when they go like like uh exploring like underground cities like in New York and shit like that where like some of the some of the like the like the the old subway tunnels are like super fucking huge and it's like they haven't been used in like sixty years and it's like mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like as so, it's like it's like tunnels that are they're there and you don't even know they're there because they're like no one uses them. They they've 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 directed the subway somewhere else and so like they're just sitting there and like the, the subways are like they're gorgeous still. Like they got all the subway tile. It's the brick. Mm-hmm. It's all untouched. Brick. And it, it's all like, untouched. This is, this is the stuff that, you know, especially when people aren't around to like piss on it every day, like a normal subway. Um, <laughs> it, it'll last a shit long time. I mean, like that yeah. stuff just holds on. I mean, yeah, you know, you I, I was watching I watch those videos every once in a while on YouTube and you know, like you see these amusement parks that are so dilapidated like you you would think that it's like a stone's throw away from like chernobyl or something but <laughs> no they're all over like oh my god europe and 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 i don't know russia i suppose or or the other you know countries in the far uh what is it the far east of europe eastern europe yeah. that's what they call it eastern anyway, europe, anyway. Yeah. so yeah it's crazy anyway check it out those so are, yeah so, cool uh, little, uh, little rabbit holes little tidbit little tidbit before we move on to the next before we move on to your news uh derek there used to be a show on History Channel called um, Cities of the Underground. Um, it was hosted by this guy named Wolf Something. Guy was guy's great. He also has a Mysteries of the Museum show. He has a couple shows on History Channel, and and so the show Cities of the Cities, Cities of the Underground, uh, or Mysteries of the Underground, or whatever, something like that. It was funny. It was a cool show. But there, there. When I went to Italy. Um, they the, the the public transportation system is a shit show. The buses, like above ground, like the bus, the bus transportation system, like like that kind of stuff is perfect. Like it's great. They have so many buses in like Rome. It's insane. You you can go anywhere in Rome. Their subways, they only have two lines. The problem is, is that in Rome, the minute they break ground somewhere, okay, they're going through, they're trying to expand the rail. Whenever they try they to keep expand digging up past cities and shit, they dig up historical artifacts and then yeah. they have to shut everything down for like six months so they can catalog and and look make sure they get everything out and make sure everything's untouched and they can get every piece if it's clay if they broke something they get everything so they have to wait six months between each of those then they have to try again and go further and then oh they hit something else and there we go again and they get. It's a constant thing for them. So their buses are great. They have so many buses everywhere. Their buses everywhere in Rome, but they only have like two tracks. <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. 
That's hilarious. Two lines, but it's great. But anyways, all right. But that's my that's my news for today. My news for today, Derek. What you got for us, brother? You got a few. I things. got I got a couple quick hits. So I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, bring to everyone's attention. You know, one of Tomas's uh, I think uh, favorites of things that exist is the Criterion Collection out there. <gasps> uh, I think I just I think I just came my pants. I don't know if you saw this article that came out, but uh, Criterion released a Jackie Chan box set for Blu-ray um, as part of their Criterion sets, you know, and it What's is in it. What's in it? Uh, let's take a look. It says Does it have police story. I love police story. Oh, gosh, please don't tell me it has wheels on meals. That that one, is, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> Fearless hyena, police story, police story two. What is it? What is it? Fearless hyena. Fearless hyena, police story, police story two, the young master, and uh, what is this? The combination of another one and emerge emergence of a superstar. I have no idea. That one I've never heard. I think I think Police Story Two is the one with um, with uh, Michelle Yeoh. I think that's Police Story Two. Mm. Which, which came, when it came out here, it was Super Cop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think well, that's Police Story Two. But go ahead. There, the I, the thing is, is that they're projecting this to be the hottest Blu-ray bundle for really? the the fall and holiday season, above everything else. And it's a Criterion set. That's crazy to me. Like, th- these are the ones that you really only know about it if you're a film buff. Like, otherwise, you're just going to go and buy the, you know, regular DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever, right? Yeah. Anyway, that came out. And I thought it was really cool because we always talk about how Jackie Chan is um, a saint and and, a always, gem and, always. and one, of, one of the better of us, right? And... Um, I, I'm glad to see that they've got all these positive outlets, and hopefully, it's it's a smash set. And who knows? I, I take it back. It's half a loaf of kung fu, spiritual kung oh, fu, fearless hyena, fearless hyena two, the young master, and my lucky stars. Half a loaf of kung fu is great. I've seen. I've never even heard of that. I've never heard of any of these. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I'm gonna have to check these out because half a loaf of kung fu I've never heard of. I'm gonna check that out. Okay. So that was my first one. Um, second speed round. Uh, great news came out just today, the day of recording, August 24th. We now have a release date Ooh, for, for what? season seven of Rick and Morty. <gasps> It'll be it? here what Sunday, October 15th. Fuck. I, I can't wait. You know, if for that day, I'm going to watch the one episode where I was that they use in all the videos where it's just them sitting and down the car. Oh my God. Fuck. I, I don't know how that was. It was so I, fucked I, up. That was did, so, I don't know how I did that Morty. I don't know how I did that. Look at my hands. Oh my God. I'm shaking. I'm shaking. Oh my so God. That was so I haven't, I haven't watched in season four. Oh, wasn't the season, creator wrapped up in some sort of conflict or controversy so, they so, canceled him. I think they were all settled. I was looking into that the other day. I think it's So yeah, so so here's what happened. So supposedly the guy who created the show, um I forgot his name, but look him up, Derek. Yeah. He he got in, he got um arrested, okay, for uh domestic abuse. Justin Ro- uh Justin Royland, Ro- Justin yeah, Royland. Royland. He's the one he got who, arre- uh, he, yeah, he got arrested for domestic abuse. 
he does the voices. Like he does the voices. He does Rick and Morty. He does their voices and as well as other voices. So, but honestly, probably what I what what I've read is that since the first season, he hasn't done shit. He just comes in. Oh yeah, like he just comes in. If he has to do the voices, it's the voices. But he just comes in, says what's up, sees what they're doing, and really he doesn't do anything else. Like the writers basically have made that show what it is supposedly, like his writers' room, and he just does the voices. But yeah, he they, last last year like. After the show ended and everything like that, like, yeah, he's been removed from the show. Like, he's no longer doing the show. As of right now, even though the charges have been dropped and there was no, there was found to be, he hadn't done anything. Yeah. Well, it wasn't he, I thought that he was supposed to be involved in one of these new projects. Wasn't there another one that was about to come out? We even brought it up. It was supposed to be really cool. Well, he has Solar Opposites, doesn't he? He, uh, yeah, I think he was somehow somehow involved with that one. But there's another one. I thought there was another. I don't know. Well, here's my question: Cartoon Network doesn't exist anymore. So who owns it? Well, it'd be it'd be it'd be HBO. It'd be Time Warner. So it'll probably come out on Max then, which means they won't be bleeping. Uh, I don't know. I haven't even thought about that. Who it's? Yeah, because, because Cartoon Network. Because Cartoon Network right? ended, yeah, Cartoon Network ended, and it was on uh, what's it called, Toonami. It would show up on Toonami, which now I'm a little disappointed because I just thought I just remembered that Toonami's on Cartoon Network, so I can't watch Toonami anymore. So I'm like, where am I gonna get my fucking like new anime fix that comes out? Oh, I know, I'm gonna get it from Derek <laughs> and bitch about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm All watching right. Boruto right now. I'm on episode sixty. You already like, finished Black Clover, right? Uh, well, yeah, they haven't released the new episodes yet. Have they? Uh, I don't think so. I think I think no, you're yeah. caught up. Yeah, I'm um, all caught up. I mean, it's 150 fucking episodes. I'm. All, I hope I'm all caught up. Well, it, maybe it's time for your christening, and you can start the real anime. Of Wonder real Egg anime. Priority? No, thank you. No, 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 no. The the One Piece is real, sir. Oh God, no, 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 no. That's too it's much. It's so no. good, dude. No, Just start I can't it. watch Just One Piece. It. I can't it's a watch family. it. You no, can't commit. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm already committed to Boruto. I'm already committed can't to Boruto. Commit. Can't commit. Boruto Boruto is like 350 episodes, and thankfully they finished. You're Boruto. going to regret watching Boruto. No, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not at all right now at this moment. But all no, right. Well, I mean, on the topic of anime, they, my next they story fin- was they fin- actually they finished. An anime. They finished Boruto's storyline in March, and the next storyline is supposed to come out soon in the next year, and it's going to be just like Naruto. It was a time jump for Shippuden, where he's going to be older. So. so you guys remember we were talking about the uh, supposedly last Miyazaki film, right? Oh, yeah. The boy, blue, the boy, boy in the, the hair. The boy in the hair or the boy in the blue yeah. hair or something like that? The boy, the boy in the hair. Blue, uh, sorry. The boy and the hair. And you threw me off. Yes. Yes. Um, so it's out in Japan right now. Yes. And I saw that. It not only is expected to be the most expensive Ghibli film ever made, it is also on track to blow off the doors of the box office. Oh my so God. I thought this was so fucking hysterical because like way to go out with a bang, right? I still haven't even seen it. I don't even know what it's about. I've only seen a few screens. It's his last movie, right? As of it's right now, to, it's, it's his what last he movie. said is his last movie. He said this will be the last project that he works on. Um, so originally the movie uh, is currently listed as a uh, gross worldwide of $48 million, 
mind you, it's been out now for, I think just last weekend. No, a week and uh, a week and a half now it's been out. Um, so in a week and a half, it's made its, uh, its budget back because they're expecting it to have cost $43 million for an anime. That is crazy to me. It's nuts. Have you seen, I mean, have you seen any of the clips for it? Like, what have they said? Like, what have they said about it? So I haven't seen any of the clips. I've only seen stills because, um, uh, one, I haven't kind of gone looking for like what people have captured in, in theater, but actually marketing wise, they've only released a few stills a concepts. few months ago. Yeah. That, yeah. The concepts from a few months ago. And then a few, like five stills from the movie as of this week. And they've spent no money on marketing. That's why we haven't seen any of it. We don't know what it looks like. There's not a trailer that you can go and watch. Like this film is kind of breaking the mold a little bit when we talk about like not dropping a ton of money on marketing and then it's still being successful because a week and a half making your budget back is pretty damn all good. Because all they literally said was, hey, it's his last movie. Hey, here's, all they a, had to say. Here's, here's a storyboard drawing. And uh, enjoy. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, can you imagine if, you know, going back to Jackie Chan, what if Jackie Chan said, look, here's my very last film. It's going to be my best film ever. And I will never make another film again. He's had a few movies out in the last decade that, you know, for whatever reason, didn't hook me enough to make me want to watch them. Right. They're they're not quite. Uh, yeah. A little bit of fizzle. Right. He's, he's getting older. And honestly, I don't expect him to be as good as he was in his prime at this point. I. At this point, I'd say, dude, just you've earned to sit. Why don't you just sit for a little bit? It's okay. <laughs> um, but all the same, if he said that, you know, this is this is my last movie, it's gonna be my greatest piece of work, you can damn well bet I'd be in line at the theater to watch it, right? <laughs> There's only a handful of people that like like actors or directors or, or producers for that matter, that you just you you know that if they gave their last yeah. act, they deserve my money. Let's do it. You know? Yeah, for real. Like Steven Spielberg is one. Like if he shows up and he says, if he says this is the last movie I'm going to make, I'm going to be like, yep, I'm there. Well, yeah, I would for Steven Spielberg, but for different reasons. Because he's one of the goats, right? Yeah. Um, Not because I really like him. Not because he's, you know, a kind person. Not because he's got a lot of philanthropy or not. I don't know. I've never cared about him enough to look at that. But he's, he's great at what he does. Look at Jackie Chan and that motherfucker has done a lot of shit for a lot of people that did not need. He didn't have to do that stuff. No, right? no, no, no. And there's a commercial with him and his daughter where she's oh, watching dude. him fall through. Oh, and but she's that's like tearing up and asking. Dude, about it's I don't want. I don't, I don't want you guys to, to. I don't want to kill you guys, but that's not actually his daughter. That was just. That was a scene from a movie. Oh God! Well, whatever it was, it was somebody, somebody, wrenching. somebody edited all that. But yes, I've seen it. It's a great little scene, but it's not his daughter. It is a so well edited video. <laughs> it is I a well edited video. Way. It is a well edited video, and he does amazingly in it. But yeah, 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 I know what you mean. It's a great scene, but yeah, I'm sorry to sh- kill your dreams and shatter the your fucking soul. internet is fake. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. That's the last time they lie to me. I'm god gonna damn this it. Jeeves. God damn it. Oh my god. So yeah, but no man, it was nuts, dude. But yeah, it, that's that's crazy. I'm I'm excited. I mean, I don't know. I have to look at that bundle, dude, because I'm down for fucking a little old school Jackie Chan uh karate. Not Meals on Wheels, but like like old school, like feudal China kind of shit. 
Yeah, bro. Well, Fucking so enter the thirty six chambers of death, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So um, one kind of comparative characteristic uh, 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 metric that they gave us was, uh, remember I mentioned that it had expected to have cost $43 million. Now that converted into yen, the local Japanese currency is 6.23 mm-hmm. billion yen. That's how much this newest movie costs. How much, how much is uh, $1 in the end, like 100 yen? It used to be a hundred. It's closer to like 140, I think, right now. Okay. Okay. Um, their economy everywhere is hurt, hurting, right? So anyway, yeah. um, 6.23 billion yen for this most recent movie. The previous most expensive <sighs> Ghibli, Ghibli film that had ever come out is a movie called um, The Tale of Princess Kaguya. If you haven't seen oh, it. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. That's gorgeous. It's, it's beautiful. It's an it's all right Ghibli film. It's There's okay. better Ghibli films. It's, it's okay. very beautiful, though, I will say. Have you the seen the one? They put in that one is good. Have you seen the 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 Hedwig one? The um, the Angry yeah. Witch, or the Young oh, Witch? That was that was Hedwig done by Angry his, Witch. No, yeah, no, no. The no most, there, it was the that was the one just recently before that. Yeah, the witch that was a, our, something like that. It was like this? it was directed by Miyazaki's son. Like Miyazaki's son directed it. It's like an Here anime. It it's compu- it's computer generated anime, CGI animated. Mary and the Witch's Flower came out in seventeen. Um, I started watching it, um, just because I wanted to see what it was about. Initially I heard really terrible reviews about it Yeah, and I just wanted to see what it was about. I watched a few minutes of it. Didn't think anything of it. Wasn't particularly good or bad. I just kind of dropped it and never went back. Like I saw the secret world of Arietti in the theaters when it came out. Mm -hmm. Like that was pretty good. I I watched it Alamo. It was good. I wasn't, I, I, I I enjoyed it because it reminded me of the old show from the eighties, the old side of winning cartoon, uh, the littles. Yeah, I remember the Littles, We dude. are the Littles. That's what it was based Man. on, actually. It was based good. on it was based on the that that book, um, which they made into a movie, actually, with John Goodman. Um, oh, what was it called? Fuck me, man. I'll John find Goodman. it. But there's an old movie from the 90s called uh, with John Goodman in it, where it's it's about that 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 the the, the people with the Littles is based on. Um, it's a it's an old book. God, shit, the little the borrowers. Oh, yes, that's probably yes, it. yes, yeah. the borrowers. So the borrowers is actually based on the original book. I don't know if it's called the borrowers or not, but the littles and and the secret world of already are based is based on the original book that the borrowers is based on. Mm, okay, okay. So they're all like they're all you know inspired by it. I think the littles is actually like. A closer interpretation because of whatever, but but like the borrowers, yes, but you borrowers, yeah, hey, right, the borrowers. So same yeah, thing, I totally same premise. Forgot about that movie, I remember the littles. I didn't remember the borrowers. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a live action movie on TNT. It was a TNT, like a TNT original motion picture. I remember that from the nineties, bro. When they used to make them all the time. Talk about the ones that make an impression, right? Bro, those I used to love those TNT movies. They were so good. Like I was like, this is really fucking good. And they, I used to love watching those and their their biblical movies were really good. Like I loved their movie about Joseph. That was like awesome. Their TNT used to do this. Oh yeah, dude. Oh my god. TNT, I you were too young. <laughs> Mr. I was born in 1989. But TNT in the 90s, Elias remembers TNT in the 90s, man, they used to make a movie like every month. They used to come out with a movie. And a lot of times they were really fucking good movies. And they had a lot of like like a lot of like star power behind it. Like it was mm-hmm. 
their production value was high. They had a good six, seven years where they made literally like, like almost like every character from the Bible up until I think the last character they made in the Bible was I think David. So they had like, they had like, they had a, they had Abraham. Then they had, uh, they had, uh, they had Joseph. They had, who they had? Joseph. Now, maybe. Yeah. Hefe. But, no, they, <laughs> they had like Samson and Delilah. They had a Samson and Delilah movie. It was great. Like they would make like these like two or three episode miniseries and it would be a, a story of that character from the Bible. And they were really good. Like the Joseph one had like Ben Kingsley in it and it had like a whole mess of people. Like Abraham starred, um, oh, it had Isaac, one for Isaac. It was crazy. Like the one that one I had for Abraham Started, I think, Matthew Modine. No, no, no. Matthew Modine was Isaac, actually, because Isaac is Joseph's dad. So it was wild, dude. It's wild. It's this wild. has been revisiting the 80s, folks. Uh, I'm glad you tuned in. Thank it's, you for coming. It's like 24 different films. I'm looking this up. Yeah. The Gospel of John, Jeremiah, Jacob, what, on Abraham, TNT? Son of on God. TNT? Yeah. yeah. Oh, TNT dude, Bible wild. series. Yeah, it was wild, dude. They made a ton. And they were all like seven, eight hours long. They were long movies, man. Some of them were like super long. Like the Joseph one was at least four hours. It was two episodes. David wasn't was there, uh, Wasn't there... Which one was it? The Ten Commandments was like fucking stupid long. Was it was like the, five hours. I've yeah. seen it. They, they they show it every year on Easter. They show the Ten Commandments every twice, year. Charlton, just twice. The Charlton, Heston, <laughs> the Charlton Heston one. They show Charlton Heston. Ah, let my people go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. He gives, Excellent. He gives his best impression from Planet of the Apes. You damn dirty ape. The point so, I was getting to before sorry. we tangented <laughs> off the fucking that's cliff. That's why people listen to us. It's for no, our tangents. That's why they don't listen to us. <laughs> the, the boy in the blue heron, it cost 6.23 billion yen. The most pre- uh, the previous most expensive was Princess Kaguya. It was 5.15 billion in 2013. So the point being, <laughs> they spent a shit ton of money on this and it's yeah. already made their money back. And yeah. certainly it, it, it took a little bit more and probably some focus uh, from Mr. Miyazaki to yield a film as uh, positively reviewed so as, as it has been so far. So I'm looking forward to watching it. I guess whenever it you know, makes its way over to the U.S., yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see it. I'll watch it because I look, I love Miyazaki. I don't know, Elias, have you ever seen a Miyazaki film? Never, never. You've never seen Princess um, Mononoke? No, no, no. I give you your man. first one, your first assignment. Which one am I going to say? Uh, I don't know. For me, it would be. No, Mononoke. it's Grave of the Fireflies. That's the only right answer. That's, Grave but of the that's not his movie, though. Don't, don't have him. No, no. <laughs> God, no. Elias. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong, Elias. It's a Grave fantastic movie. of the Fireflies. It's a fantastic movie, but you, you, your soul will die. It's absolutely heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking movie. Jesus. It's so sad. And I've never wanted to slip my wrists so much after watching that movie because it was, it was no, heartbreaking. It was worse whenever we were watching uh, Night on the Galactic <laughs> Railroad. That was no, far that worse. was that was that was slip my wrist because it was fucking boring as shit. Roll me now, I, please. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'd rather not live to see another day than have to have wasted an hour and a half of my life in this movie. No, but Grave of the Fireflies is very depressing. It's very sad. It's post like it's post atomic bomb. 
uh, Japan is dealing with post World War II. Japan deals with starvation, hunger. Oh, it's, it's bad. It's so terrible. start it's off great. by watching Oppenheimer, and then you watch that. Yes, to what to get for Ooh. context. For context, Damn. I saw Oppenheimer this weekend, and we'll talk. But I saw Oppenheimer. This weekend. It was it was really good. I liked it. I enjoyed I didn't it. Like it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I will say this: there was a scene in the movie with the, when they dropped the bomb when they tested it, and 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 I like how Nolan like kind of showed you know like that scene where they couldn't hear the bomb. Of course, we know scientifically it's because it was so far away, and sound travels you know much slower than light. You know, we all mm-hmm. know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was like they were all celebrating and it was like it it kind of represented everybody there kind of like acting like as if there were no consequences for their actions. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like it, they, they acted like as if there was no consequences. As soon as they dropped the bomb, they were like, yeah, this is amazing. They were so happy. They're celebrating. And then all of a sudden the fucking sound wave hits them and knocks them all off their asses. But they, it was they just realized like, the magnitude. Then they realized the magnitude. Time. Now, granted, they still partied afterwards, but because it was, you know, they had to release the energy. But like, as soon as it hit them, they were like, oh, shit. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck did we just do? And then they realized they're like, oh, they did it. But even still, like, it was kind of like, it was, it was like, it, like, for the film, it like represented like their actions having no consequences in their minds at that point. And then right. they get hit with the sound wave. And then that realization that life hits you that, what the fuck did I just do? I just killed a hundred thousand people. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's, um, I like the movie. I like the movie a lot. That's my thing. I like the movie a lot. It's, it's, uh, it's a serious, serious, uh, event in yeah. world history, honestly. For real. Um, interestingly, they have not released Oppenheimer in Japan yet. Um, and now I it, think they will. No, I they think, won't. Uh, it was either being released on or or very near to the anniversary of the bombing, and that's part of I assume the reason why they weren't gonna they didn't release it yet in in Japan. There are some other films. So I was I was um, reading this article where they were talking about how many times um, American movies are released months after. In, yes, in Japan, just because they aren't in a rush, they don't have to hurry up for it. There, there's not. Um, uh, I, I think they said something about there's like not a lot of push for people to go to the movies, and so they depend on Western hype to get Japanese viewers to go and watch it, and so they have to release it in Western countries first, let the hype snowball and build so that Japanese viewers will go and see it. And they uh-huh. suspect that that's that they will likely still release it in Japan. But um, I thought it was kind of interesting how they have they Japanese movies about that event, about the bomb drop are frequent in their, their culture, right? It, it happens regularly, but yeah. it's never delayed for those movies. Cause it's from a Japanese perspective, whether it's yes. you know, them being right or wrong in the war, right? It's, it's from their perspective, they've written that story. And, you know, that whole, uh, I, I'm just interested, I guess, to see well, how the, well, it's the, received. The bombing happened on August 6th. I just looked it up. So the movie came out like July 31st, something like that. Like it came out okay. like a week pretty or close. So before. So pretty close. So they didn't want to, I, I, I don't understand. But if you want to see something, like want to see a cool flick that shows post-war Japan, watch the movie uh, Stray Dog. 
Great no, 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 no. <laughs> a real life motion picture, though. Oh, okay. Watch Stray Dog, uh, which um, is it, I think it's called Stray Dogs. I'll find it. It's called Stray Dog. Uh, yeah, it's from 1949, so it's very close. And it's, oh, wow, it's, that's it's really close. Yeah, it's with Toshiro Mufuni, and it's directed by Akira Kurosawa. It is an amazing motion picture, and it and they filmed the motion picture around that area, around, I, think, I don't know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So you mm-hmm. can even still see the war-torn area of the town because, you know, they're dealing with, like, like somebody, like, lives in... It, it's wild. It, 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 you can see post-war Japan still, you know, post-bombing Japan. So it's... And they're still dealing with the effects of, like, you know, rationing. And because in 1949, I think the U.S. was still occupying Japan at that point. Oh, Akira Kurosawa did it. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a, a great movie. Film. It's a Criterion film. It's an amazing movie. I saw it on the Criterion channel, and it's a great flick. And the whole premise, the premise of the story is that Toshiro Mufuni's detective has his gun stolen. So he has to go look for it. He has to find it. Hmm. It's a great movie. I'm going to have to see this movie. one too. 1940. We're talking movies onto the list at this point. Yeah, it's a great movie. You guys gotta watch it. Straight dog. Straight dog. Straight dog. Okay. It's a great flick. It's a great like post World War II Japanese film noir. It's a great movie. You guys need to watch it. If you ever watch it, watch it. It's worth it. It's worth. Is it, it gonna be your pick? It should be. No, pick. no, it's not gonna be my pick. It's not gonna be my pick. You don't, 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 don't tease me because I'm, I'm close. I, you would, I would change it. I have a pick, and, I, <laughs> and now I don't even know if I want that pick anymore. <laughs> I'm talking about straight dog. <laughs> oh my god! I love Kurosawa. For me, Kurosawa and Mifuni is fucking peak motion picture, dude. Oh my god, don't do this to me, Derek. All right, would be a great. Anything else? You got anything else? That's my news. That's my news, Uh, folks. um, Check it out. Let me know uh, what you think. Send us uh, send us some comments. Yep, send us some comments. Do what you need to do. On the Insta, on the on the gram, on the gram. So, dude, we're coming out of the. Re- Unless you got something else, Elias, you got something? Mm-mm. No, you don't. Elias doesn't have shit ever. I have nothing. Got he right. brings nothing to the table. Well, hold on, hold on. Did I did I talk about the uh, the Scarface two? Oh, you did last time. I did. Okay, oh, never mind. Yeah, I, have, yeah, I have nothing. Yeah. I have nothing. You have you have to bring <laughs> nothing to the table. I don't I understand. Void. Well, <sighs> let's let's continue with the trend and let's do nothing for the next 15, 20 yeah. minutes. But for you folks at home, it's only, what, 30, 30 second seconds, clip. 30 second clip. So, all right. So we're going to go to the refill portion of the episode and then we'll get to the motion picture, which if you know, I don't think we talked about it, but here's a little, here's, here's a little thing to little tease. Oh my God, I'm in love. I love it so much. So iconic. All right. So as always, this is the refill portion. Just go ahead and uh, see a man by a dog. Check the do off for Lily. Do whatever you need to do. Go take a pest. All right. We'll see you guys in a, in, a, in about 30 seconds. 15 for us. 15 minutes. Peace. <laughs> Oh, I love it.
love it. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> All We're right, back, we, folks. We are back from the refill portion of the episode. As we said, it was about a 30-second wait for you. For us, it was about 45 minutes. Um, anyways, but uh, but yeah, so we're back and we're here to talk about Derek's choice. It, it was a great choice, but before we go into it, we must revisit. Does anyone have any new beverages? No, 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 no. I Keeping it the I'm, same. All right, of course, same, I dude. changed it up. I went back to, uh, I don't know if I had this on the last episode, but um, I recently acquired a uh, new batch of dry Asahi light. Ooh. It's just a choice lager. I, I, I really enjoy it. Let's see, like a good little yep. lager. Mm. Asahi, that's, that's that's Japanese lager, isn't it? Uh, originally, yeah. I don't think this, this is actually brewed in Japan, though. It's not like an import. Or I guess maybe not from Japan. I think they produce this stuff somewhere in... Uh, where is it at? Uh, Canada, it looks like. Mm. No, no. Produced in Italy, imported by... Asahi Beer USA from Torrance, Canada. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> looking places all the way all over the place. It's, First it's, time it's, I had it was in Japan. It was really good. It's Torrance, California, by the way. California, yeah, Torrance. I was like Torrance, man. Yeah. Oh, say, you know what? That makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. Makes more sense. yeah. Torrance, California. I'm thinking more globally. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I'm. I'm still. St- I'm. I'm still on my bourbon and lemonade, and and Elias is on his. He's on his wine. Woodford, Woodford, bitch. He's bourbon, bourbon. Bourbon. So, um, I don't know if anybody knows this, but of course, you know, Elias and myself were from Miami, and uh, we're enjoying this uh, whole messy era, this whole MLS revisiting bullshit we got going on. Bro, That's last the ultimate night, bandwagon fan. A Miami bro, person is the ultimate. Hell yeah, fan. hell yeah. No, I, I've been watching Inner Miami for the last couple of years, and they've been shit. But I'm yep. like, I'll watch it with Messi and see, understand it. But dude, this last game with Messi, oh my god! Did you watch this last game? It was on Paramount Plus. I watched it, and we were down two goals to nil, two nil, in the game with like less than with like a little more, little more than twenty minutes left in the game. We scored with like at like seven fifth minute, and then Messi dropped a dime from like forty yards out to Jesus. like to Campana, who was the forward, who was kind of like racing up the racing up to the goal, and he had it in in the ninety eighth minute, and they were in eight minutes extra time. So it was in the last minute of the game they tied the game. I stopped watching. Like I started watching in the 95th minute. Then all of a sudden I get a text from my, my brother-in-law saying, wow. I'm like, what happened? What happened? So I put the game back <laughs> on on my phone and it was that. And I saw the play. I'm like, holy it. shit. Like, what the fuck so, was that? And then we went in, then we won. They tie or? Well, this is a, this or? is something called, they're, they're, right now they're in the U.S. Open Cup where the U.S. Open Cup is all the different leagues, the different professional leagues, because there's different professional leagues in men's soccer in the U.S., there's MLS, then there's the NSSL, and then there's like the USSL. So like, there's something. This is a the US Open Cup is all the different pro leagues, even the, like even from the major down to the lowest the lowest minor league, they play together in a year long tournament. Okay, a season long tournament. They have the same thing in England called the Carabao Cup, where every level. Of the English of, of the FA football association, which is the English football association, every level 
plays against each other. Whoever decides to play. If they want to go and play, be part of the tournament, they can decide so to be part of the tournament. One. They're not tiered anymore. No, they're not tiered. So, so you could have somebody like, okay, like Wrexham, in the first season of Wrexham, they were part of the Carabao Cup and they made it to the semifinal. Remember? In the mm-hmm. first season of Wrexham. Yeah. That's what it is. And they played uh, Chelsea, I think, in the semifinal. So you could have a lowly club in some shitty little berg. You know, like it, like so for for Elias. So for Elias, this would be like if Miami FC. You know about Miami FC. Yeah. So if, if Miami FC, which is like a two level below MLS team, played LA FC, played the LA LA whatever the, the, the MLS team LA Galaxy, Galaxy in a game. That's what the U.S. Open Cup is. So this was the semifinal. And now they play the final to possibly get their second trophy in a, in in like in as many in, in like in, in, no 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 I think that I think the final is in I don't know who they play they play Houston or Real Salt Lake but then they then they play them for the final for the U.S. Open they get their second trophy for the year so far which they're and they're dead last dead last in the, in the MLS, MLS in the MLS they're dead last and they haven't played an MLS game yet and they've already got one trophy because they won the League's Cup which is a battle between. Uh, MLS and Liga MX. So, well, yeah. since we're already on the tangent, the next episode of uh, or next season, first episode of next season of uh, Welcome Rexham. to Wrexham coming soon. early September, September twelfth. I, I can't wait! I can't wait to watch it. I oh will, my god! I, list. I will binge oh. that. I will binge it. I'll, well, I'll I mean, you're gonna have to wait a few that. weeks then, remember, because they release them every week. Yeah, it looks like it's from September to December twelfth. September twelfth yeah. to December twelfth. So yeah, um, fourteen episodes though. That's cool. Is that what they it's did last be time? It's gonna be big. Yeah, they did, they did, they did, they, yeah, they did eighteen. Yeah, they did eighteen. But either way, but either way, dude, it's been fucking nuts. I can only imagine how it is in Miami right now with Messi. It's oh, there's nuts. pink jerseys everywhere, every exactly. fucking place you go. Yeah. So, but anyways, but yeah, so he's the latest Miami Miami resident. Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude, and he's he won't be the last because I'm sure they're gonna bring in someone else because they just got uh, another international des- uh, player designation. That they traded for so they can throw someone else in there. Mm. But anyways, they're not going to do Ronaldo because he's he's already in Saudi Arabia. They're, they're thinking about a billion dollars playing in Saudi yes. Arabia, dude. They're, insane they're, amounts of money. He can sit on that's his ass crazy. and maybe a billionaire. He's already a billionaire, I think. Dude, that's generations of sitting on their ass. <laughs> no, no, that's, his 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 great grandkids are fine. They'll be okay. They'll be please, fine. Please, someone tell him to invest it properly. <laughs> I'm sure it is. But no, but like, uh, but going back to the movie, let's go back. The motion picture we were talking about this week is, of course, as we've, as we've stated. The classic. Classic. So 80s motion picture known as Back to the Future. Okay. Came out in 1985. Uh, 94%. And- on popcorn. Rotten Tomatoes. On 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. This is on, great. On IMDb, it's an 8.5. That's the highest I've ever seen it since we've done the show. And it deserves it. This is a great movie. 100%. So, I Derek. I bring the bangers. <laughs> Derek. 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 There's no in between for Derek. Derek's either a fucking home run or it's fucking, it's a shitter. Like he is, he has no in between. He doesn't have. He has no midpoint in any conversation. Look, so look, it's just it is, it is as easy as this: is do or do not. But yeah, there's nowhere in between. Is, 
There's no try. It's Never had a ball you wouldn't swing at. Fuck it. No, no. <laughs> He's like, he is Ryan Howard of the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, he is fucking just swinging at everything, whatever comes his way. And at some point, it's a game of numbers, and he's fucking hit it. Yep. So, Derek, why don't you go ahead and give us, uh, give us a rundown, baby? Sure, sure. So, from 1985 synopsis here, Marty McFly, a typical American teenager of the 80s, is accidentally sent back to 1955 in a plutonium-powered DeLorean time machine invented by the slightly mad scientist. During his often hysterical, always amazing trip back in time, Marty must make certain his teenage parents-to-be meet and fall in love so that he can get back to the future. Perfect. Perfect. Where'd you get the synopsis from? Plex. Thanks, Plex. Nice. Thanks, Plex. Bro, okay, Shout so- out, Plex. Folks, check it out. Plex, free. Yeah. Go check it out. Yeah. We're not even sponsors. This shit is free, and it's great. Yeah. So, okay, so we have... So, the movie is... Uh, he's that, like Derek said, came out in 85. It's directed by the inimitable Robert Zemeckis. If you don't know what he's directed, I mean, let's go ahead and name a few. Back to the Future, one, two, and three. He's directed Forrest Gump. He's directed Castaway. He, a lot of Tom Hanks shit. He's directed uh, fucking Polar Express. Your kids love it. Uh, he's directed. Um, you may go through them. There's a bunch of them here. There's a bunch. I mean, he's got a ton of movies. I mean, 1941, he, Roger Rabbit. He wrote. Back to the he wrote. Two. He wrote. Roger Rabbit. He directed Roger Rabbit. That's correct. Um, he was. Uh, he had a cameo in uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. If you guys remember that show. Oh my god! Or I remember that guy, show. The Frighteners. He was an executive. Oh, producer. that's right. He contact. He's... He was the director. Matchstick I mean, Man, an executive producer. I mean, he was the director I mean, of Polar Express. He's a, so as far as directors concerned, he was. Let's see, let's see what he, he's a director. He was also the director of Flight, director of yeah. Allied. Bro, he's he's um, done a ton of movies. Like he's yeah, he directed the last Pinocchio movie that came out in 2022. He directed Welcome to Marwin. Finch, he directed right, with Tom uh, uh, with Tom Hanks. He went on a whole like like animated movie. He did. Uh, he directed uh, three episodes of Tales of the Crypt because he was the executive producer. He directed Death Becomes Her. He directed Christmas Carol with uh, Christmas- Jim Carrey. If you've never seen *Romancing the Stone*, he directed *Romancing the Stone*. And if you've ever seen *Romancing the Stone*, I mean, it's a it's a great little chick flick. If you guys watch it, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's great. It's with uh, Michael Douglas and um, oh my god, I forgot her name. Oh my god, I forgot her name. It's direct. It's got Michael Douglas and let's see what's her name. What's her name? Shit, that's too many. Hold on, I gotta take this out. Anyways, but yeah, he directed that movie, and that and uh, you know, per per the uh, let me tell you, per um, uh, what's it called? Uh, movies that made us. By the way, I made uh, extensive research, gentlemen. I watched the movies that made us. Uh, per the per the movies that made us. Cheater. The only Cheater. reason we the only reason we have Back to the Future is because of the success of Romancing the Stone. With okay, with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner and Danny DeVito. I forgot he's in that oh, movie. Man. He's in that movie too. So watch that movie, Romance of the Stone. It's a great chick flick. It's fun. It's enjoyable. My mom loves that fucking movie. Like that's it's a total mom flick. So Derek, I don't know if your mom still listens to the podcast. She needs to watch Romance in the Stone. If she hasn't already, she'll probably say, I love it. I'm so, sure she's already seen it, but that was his big kind of breakout film. That's when he was that still was, he was as kind a director, of deemed yes. a hot shot, right? 
Yeah, because he's because he because he's he's he was he's considered you know Steven Spielberg's protege. Like he's like a totally you in know, that Steven Spielberg vein. While we're on that vein, I wanted to ask. I noticed this a couple of times on varying Back to the Future movie um, posters. It's directed by Robert Zemeckis. It's partially written by Robert Zemeckis. Yes, and yet it says on the the movie poster, Steven Spielberg presents. So okay, but he didn't we'll, direct it. He hold didn't on, write let's, it. You know? let's, 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 we'll get to that. But we'll, let's talk about the motion picture. So okay, okay. My opinion of the motion picture, perfect. In my opinion. Oh. Okay. It okay. is a perfect. I mean, technically, uh, the you know story wise, I've always thought this motion picture is essentially perfect. I mean, there's, I don't see one bad shot in this movie. Like there are a few motion pictures that are perfect in that sense. Like, of course, yeah, the motion picture is, it's not perfect in the sense of it's got everything per se. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty damn close. You know, it, I mean, let's talk about the premise of the movie. I mean, it's about a fucking high school kid that goes back in time. This has this has all the recipe, has all the ingredients of a shitty movie, a mm-hmm. shitty 80s drive-in flick. Like but the uh, Teenage Werewolf movie? Like Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf, I, but I like Teen Wolf, but it's, it's not great. It's okay. But it doesn't it's, stand up to this film. Not at all. But I, I don't know. It, it's we'll talk about the movie and then we'll get in depth into it. But I just it's for me it's it's perfect. I don't Elias. What do you think from you? from you're talking music, the cultural Everything. impact that it's had. I Everything. mean, even on Instagram now, you're seeing references on freaking Family Guy that go back to Back to the Future, uh, the DeLorean. There's a where there's a factory in I believe somewhere in Texas that they're actually rebuilding DeLoreans. Yeah, collecting them. Really? Re, yep, they're re restoring them. And uh, with some nicer upgrades with a better engine and stuff like that. The whole DeLorean story is fascinating, by the way. If you get a chance to watch one of those John DeLorean movies or documentaries, worth Mm -hmm. the time, worth the investment. But, you know, music, the actors, the whole premise, again, time travel, very... Holy shit. How did I not... Okay, so the DeLorean Motor Company was founded in 95. Their headquarters is in Humble, Texas. That's yep. like 20 minutes for me. Well, well, <laughs> the, well that, that's, that's DeLorean here that now. But in the 80s with John DeLorean, I mean, I think he's from Texas. I think it was, it's a Houston organization. It's a Houston-based, it's a Houston-based was, company. Yeah, he was a huge GM, oddly enough, right? Because he was based out of uh, Michigan. Um as a big GM executive, the guy's got a freaking crazy cowboy story. I mean, total renegade, but they were trying to manufacture these vehicles over in Ireland. Is it Ireland? I don't, know. Or... I don't know. Yeah. They, it was, it was a European built car. So he was essentially trying to do what Elon is doing right now, building a warehouse, not a warehouse, a manufacturing facility, starting it up, trying to essentially bring jobs to this country that was war stricken. Um, mm-hmm. and divided, you know, Catholics versus Protestants and stuff like that. I mean, r- r- just how deep it goes is crazy, but there's no more iconic car than the DeLorean. I mean, you couldn't have picked a better car, better vehicle. It's the certainly movie made the car. historically going to be relevant for a long time. Oh, yeah. 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 They're, they're producing new cars now. So yeah. 
they said in uh, let's see they they had a deal in 2010 with nike to do a delorean dunk shoe then in 2011 they announced that they were going to sell custom made electric deloreans by 2013 and then they announced a new concept in 2022 and this fucking car looks fire it's called the alpha five this car looks crazy i would i would buy this shit up this is cool way to go delorean <laughs> but what, 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 what? So, but, but, what do you think of the movie? What's, what's just your opinion? A quick, mm. quick opinion of the movie. So, um, Elias, here's the thing, Elias, 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 me, Elias. I want to hear Elias to, first. To me, it's it's childhood, man. It, and it's funny because, you know, as a kid from the '80s, I was born in '81. So this movie, I was four years old. So you remember nothing of it. But uh, whenever it came on TV, you plop it on and you're just glued, like you're watching it the first time, and you're just like. You forget that you've watched, you know, fifteen other times. You're fully engaged with the character. I don't know still how many times this movie. Pick up. I mean, shit. I just watched it just in preparation for this talk, and all these little things, all the little subtle hints. You are, still are see things. The the, the, the advertisement for the truck. Watching it this many times. No, no, you don't. You don't. Um, and mean, the advertisement for the truck, and 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 then the, the, everything just. I've seen the movie Perfect. at least 50 times, at least 50 times. I can't, I mean, it's one of those movies where if you see it on TV and it's coming on t- and it's on TV and you're flipping through the channels, like you stop, you just, yeah. it's a, it's a remote control. Like it's, it's, it's a fucking wall. You hit it and you just can't, you just, okay, yeah. you put on the remote cause you can't stop watching it. It's just yeah. so good. Derek, what about you, dude? It's your movie. Dude. Um, I knew, obviously, I think anybody who's listening right now knew that this movie, what it was about, had that it was, you know, a historically relevant film and that it is also really pop culture icon. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much influence from this. I mean, Huey Lewis, dude, come on. Like this, this, this movie is just so good. And they don't, they don't make any major pitfalls or flaws or anything like that. They don't take a lot of easy routes out. I mean, we'll probably get into it. They certainly didn't take the easy route when it comes to producing the movie. Um, recasting some key characters five weeks in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for but, real. But we'll, we'll get into all of that. Um, but yeah, and, and um, they continue to release footage from, that's been removed from the movie over yes. the past, like... 30 or so odd years like there's yeah. still footage that's being released that has never been seen before and so yeah. we'll get into all that stuff but look look i love this movie i think it's a really really good one and and uh it's also one of the few trilogies out there that isn't um it doesn't have any like uh tank films somewhere in the mix no. right they're they're all no. really pretty good the first one is clearly better than the rest i would say but yeah. Um, the others are still really good. Like they're, they're totally enjoyable on their own films. My, my favorite is part three. I'll tell you right now. Part three is so fun with the train and I uh, love part three. The, I'm, I'm, the, I, I'm a sucker for. He always gets thrown into the shit. The manure. I will, I will tell you this. I'm a sucker for a good western. I cannot lie. I'm a sucker for a western. And you, you know this, Derek, because I've brought westerns before on the show, and I'm just. Well, I'm a I was going to actually Western. bring that up because we talked about this once before on a t- once a time whenever we did the, um, the episode on Tombstone long, yeah. long ago. Yeah. Um, how, you know, me growing up, this was a Friday, Saturday night. My parents were always watching Tombstone. But when we weren't watching Tombstone with my parents' friends over for the weekend, they were playing Magic the Gathering. Now, I bring this up because I was brought up by nerds. And so I love... 
sci-fi films and this is like the sci-fi film there are only a handful that reach this level like maybe maybe um episode four of star wars probably one of the greatest films ever um there's probably some homage to be paid to some of the dune films even the original one right like they're they're pretty influential in sci-fi culture um and and sure you know there's probably even like a there are some Star Trek films that are pretty pivotal, um, especially the ones where they go back in time. Um, let's not talk about those. Anyway, <laughs> um, look, look, my point being is like, you know, growing up with these these sci-fi films and they're just so influential. Right? They're so revered um, from from past generations. And uh, it it pains me that there are people who will. They're not, what do you think? Do you think it that which film will live on longer in pop culture? Like do today's kids likely have seen either back to the future or Ferris Bueller? Back to the future. Back to the future. Probably like back to the future. Probably. Right. I'm, I'm trying not to be biased here. My, my, my daughter knows of the movie. She, the movie so many times like she's seen bits and pieces but she's never really seen the whole movie all through now she has seen Ferris Bueller so I, I I'm telling her she needs to watch Back to the Future again but she's just now she's in like a whole like fucking like Fast and Furious binge right now she's on oh I'm but sorry for your family dude she family. was family she was watching she's watching Fast Five now and she and she just, and she got I was I was making dinner and I was making her like a, a snack after school kind of thing yeah, she she's she's a big chicken girl. So I was making I was like I had like rotisserie chicken from like Publix, and I gave her some dark meat and stuff. And she, I was heating it up, and I was giving it to her, and I was cleaning up the kitchen. As I gave it to her, and she goes to me, "What is this? What is happening here?" And she paused the movie. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "Come here, watch this." And it was the scene in Fast Five where <laughs> Brian and Dom are in the car, and they run off the cliff in the car and they're still in the car as the car's falling and they jump off the car and land in the water. And I'm like, what? It's family. You have to, <laughs> you have to suspend reality in these movies. But he's like, but what is happening? How do they, do they even, do they survive? I'm like, of course they survive. It's not real. This fiat is furious. The furious verse, everything, everybody survives. You, I mean, I go, I go in part eight, they get chased by a submarine. She's like, are they in a boat? I'm like, no, they're on ice. They're, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I kept that out. specifically. I kept that out. She's like, no, but they're in the submarine, getting chased within the submarine. Like, no, no, no. They're getting chased by a submarine. Mm-hmm. B- by yep. what are Check they driving? That. I'm like cars on the water, and I said, yeah, ice water. It's water. <laughs> it's water. And she's like, how is that? Wait, what do you mean? How, one car, right? No, no, no. It's like six or seven. It's She's like, like wait, wait. Like ten people what? at that point. <laughs> what is happening? I'm like, she, like her mind, was, like her brain broke. And I was like, no, no. Mm-hmm. They're on ice. And it's crackling through the water. Ice is chasing them. Like, oh, that makes sense. But a submarine. It's like, exactly it's a submarine. that ridiculous. It yes. is that ridiculous. Absolutely. <laughs> she Look, was like losing her mind. The big thing with me and, and Back to the Future, it really hits on all the all the things that you're kind of looking forward to as, as you mm-hmm. approach like teenagehood, right? Getting a car, your dream car, your dream truck, girlfriend. high school, the girlfriend, the high school experience, walking those empty hallways, the homecoming dance or the, you know, whatever this dance was called in the gym. Enchantment I mean, of the these, Sea. The Enchantment of the Sea. All these little things that you're almost like pre-programmed to appreciate and look forward to as a kid as mm-hmm. you're watching all these movies. This one pretty this movie just pretty much picked everything, put it all together 
in a beautiful fucking package. That yeah, is they tough. really they touched on a lot of winning points, and yeah. and you know there's a lot of really good uh, portrayals in this film that almost didn't happen. We'll talk more about that. Yeah. Um, but you know, from you know the guy playing Biff Tannen, like just being a great dick, right, yeah. of a character, <laughs> right, and and uh, you know like we don't even get to get into uh, Strickland in this this movie oh my right? god yeah that's more of the him best. in the second film right he's awesome um and and you know there's also we're, i'm going to talk a little bit about but you know like uh the band that plays at the under the sea dance uh-huh and oh yes the songs they do. yes like, yes this yes is, there's actually some interesting facts behind those guys too so yeah 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 this uh this movie it, it's it's hitting me all on the right nerves it's it's great it's a great movie my goodness all right so let's go ahead and get into fyi a little bit of a warning people uh we jump around a lot um spoiler alert but this movie came out in 1985 so if you haven't seen the movie i mean it's been almost fuck it's almost been 40 years since this motion picture it's almost been 40 years since movie came out so july july 3rd 1919 no 2000 25 it will be the 40th anniversary of back to the fucking future so and if it's on in the theaters i'll go and see it oh it'll be on oh i'll do it it'll be on in a heartbeat i'd do it i'd watch it for sure yeah it's a movie i've never seen the theaters i I was unfortunately not alive when this came out and i saw it in the theaters it was great Great. This this is I mean it's a truly great film truly great truly anyway great so so, so should right. we start at the top yeah let's start from the top buddy all right so the movie it begins in a, a crazy which is a great scene like like there are there are movies that have like exposition scenes that are amazing like case in point Raiders of the Lost Ark exposition scene with with Marcus and Indy talking to the government people guys that talking about they're they're explaining the the Ark of the Covenant everything. Mm-hmm. And talking, and it's a great exposition scene. It's probably one of the best expo scenes in movie history. Definitely one. But of in this one, we just get introduced in, to rock and roll. In this one, we do, but but they it goes through the, the different channels changing in the the radio or the channel changing because of the morning and no one's mm-hmm. there, and you find out that there's plutonium missing, but you don't really catch that the first time you watch the movie. You watch the you're, second you're not, time, you're, you're like not listening. You're not listening. You're not listening at the you're point. Just paying attention. But it's you giving see you the information. Box on the ground. Yes, it's there. It's there, but um, you don't. You don't really realize. You're like, what is that for? But then, of course, when you watch it again, you're like, holy shit! That's the plutonium that got stolen. It's missing. Did and you then, notice of course, the? Uh, did you notice the picture frame with the news articles? No. So there's a picture frame up on the wall that they kind of give a, a lingering shot at, uh, where it talks about the Brown. Dr. Brown, the failed inventor, having to sell off his family's mm. uh, uh, estate and losing like all this land and that it's soon to be developed as a neighborhood. And as the movie progresses, we learn that it's it's Marty's neighborhood that he's living in. That's all oh, his, yes. his family's sold estate. And then we flash back in time later on and we see that it is just when it had been sold, they were still like still plowing out the the ground to yes. make sure that neighbors could, the neighborhood could be built. And that's called, where he hides the car because it stalls. It's called the Lion Estates or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yep. exactly. So the whole thing centers around from like the exact same thing. And and the funnier, I think the funniest part about all this is like you, you think about from from a 1955 perspective, 
Emmett Brown has already considered fail. He's already lost the estate. He invents the time machine, but it's not supposed to come for another, what is it, 30 years? 30 years. It took him 30 years, 30 years for him to put together everything. And so now that Morty's come back to show it to him, he'll probably finish it in the next two or three, right? (laughs) So, so like, does he get his land back? Does it change where Morty lived? No. Because that wouldn't make a good movie. So no, they just, they just admit that part. I'm going to pause for a second. Derek just said Morty. Morty another, says Morty. Oh, another, <laughs> says Morty. another connection to pop culture. Yes, Rick and, and, Morty. and Morty. Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty yes. versus Rick keep, and Marty. Yes, and uh, Emmett and Marty. Emmett and Marty. Doc and Marty. Rick and Morty and Doc and Marty. Yeah, yeah because yeah, because, right, because his right. name is so his awesome. name is Emmett Emmett Brown Emmett Brown. Anyways, but yeah, no and. There were, and, and if you notice in that beginning scene, as, as as you're going through all these little robotics, like you can tell based on what's happening, is that Doc and Einstein have not been there for some time. They haven't been there a while. Because I mean, at least a day or two, right? Because not just that, the but the toast, up, right? the toast was super burned and it kept burning on its own. Which is a total fire hazard, if you ask me. I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm surprised this place hasn't burned down yet. Especially an '80s toaster, still sure. burning toast. It would have burned down the house in like within like ten minutes. So you have that. Then you have the Einstein's food getting piled up on the floor like that, like nasty. And then you see, you know, because usually with it, you know, you're supposed to feed a dog like once a day. Basically, you should be feeding. You should be feeding your dog once, maybe twice a day, tops. Right. right. And then when you see the can get thrown away, there's multiple cans in that trash. Multiple. And when you see the food, well, okay, it's all but piled as, up. As a, as a dog owner, I'm going to just say that big dogs eat a lot. That yeah, but bowl that was Einstein's probably not like, a big dog. He's a big dog, dude. No, That's a big not. dog. That's a medium-sized that dog animal. Easily, that dog easily eats a whole can a day. And that bowl was easily holding three or four cans. So, so that's okay. that's between that, two point, and four days. Well, no, no, I'm I'm gonna say say four days is the max, but still, that's four days of food. They've been gone for four days. So, what do you think they were doing? Because we never saw, we never saw like another hideout or whatever, like wherever this car was I, supposed to be. At. I well, I think it was the plutonium, but I want to pause for a second because I watched this again. I'm like. Did I miss something about how they built their relationship? How Marty met Doc? Nobody ever touches that. No, you don't know don't. how they formed that friendship. You don't know how um, this came to be. Mm. But if you do a little bit of Googling, it turns out one of the writers did say that Marty broke into Doc's lab and was caught breaking into the lab. At least that was the intention. And was offered a job, and that's why he essentially plays camera boy when he's filming this whole uh, time travel experiment mm. in the mall. The kind of stuff that they cut out of the script, but that yeah. was the original pretense. Yeah. I also heard that apparently in the original, one of the previous versions when they were writing, that it wasn't a DeLorean, it was a refrigerator. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. There's a lot of iterations this has gone through. Yes. Um, yes, they, they mentioned that in the movies that made us that it was actually a refrigerator. It was not a car. But because it was they had a whole thing where the only way they could time travel in the refrigerator is that they had to drop it like from like a tower, like as if it was with like an atomic bomb kind of connection to it. Oh, it's fucking so unreal. Well, and, it was, 
I was uh, apparently one of the iterations of the second movie when they actually go to the future was that there was some issue with the DeLorean and it, it couldn't get to 88 miles an hour oh, I don't and yet it, and yet it could still fly. And what they did was they just flew it up high and nosedived to get to 88 and they flashed into the past from that point. Oh but shit. I, I'm sure that got written out for a lot of good reasons. It would have been kind of entertaining, but all the same, because uh, they kind of put something like that into the third one when you think about the that car headed towards the cliff or something like that, wasn't it? Like it, you remember what I'm talking about? Well, like it was being was pushed. Point. It was being pushed by the train, and it hit 88 miles an hour. Being that's pushed what by it the train. was. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was being well, pushed by the train. It, it it ignores the set of time travel rules that they've established for this movie. That when you flash to wherever you're headed, that you are in the same place on Earth. Yeah. Is when you left. So if you were <laughs> crashing to Earth, you were still crashing to Earth in a different time. Yes, 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 yes. But but the 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 one thing that I was like, you mentioned about the whole relationship thing. But here's the thing: the way that Back to the Future has been set up, as far as the aspect of time and all that kind of stuff. With that, time is a circle kind of thing, where you know what you affect on one end will affect the person on the other, and they'll remember that kind of thing. So I'm wondering. I'm wondering if, you know, since, you know, Marty goes back in time, since M Doc Brown already knows Marty from back then, who's to say that he wasn't watching Marty all this time when he was a kid? Like That's a not whole, creepy at all. Like a not whole Obi-Wan thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand, but it's kind of a, I just thought about it now. Like, if, what you if have to, Emmett, you have to stick to the rules that they've set for the film? Yeah, which is that rule. You know, Doc Brown knows Marty because he met Marty in the 50s. So he's like, okay, so I got to wait that hasn't happened until the yet. 80s. Exactly. But he's like, I got to wait until the 80s to meet Marty and I got to no, hang no, no, around. No, 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 no. What, what I mean is when the movie starts, Doc has only known Marty for a few years. He does not remember Marty from the 50s because it hasn't happened yet. Otherwise, he would already been brought. He would have not died the first time and not and not had the or died from the bullets because he didn't have the bulletproof vest the first time. I get we it. Only but, that he lives in the second in the, the second time around. Yes, but but hold on a second, dude. Who's to say? Because we never see the blood. We never say that he falls behind the, the, the van. Who's to say that, that because it's a circle because time is a circle in Back to the Future. Who's to say that he already had? He already had. He was already wearing a bulletproof vest at that point, because he had met Marty in the fifties. That's what why you would gotta, have been. Why would he have been surprised about the time machine? Then he knew it worked. He'd seen it already. What are you talking Back about, dude? Doc True. was surprised by the time machine being successful in the parking lot at Twin Pines Mall, and yet he'd already seen it successful back in fifty-five. Well, maybe because well, that's a good point. He didn't. He hadn't seen it in fifty-five yet. That is a very good point. Look, I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm just saying it's the way they wrote the movie. They can make up whatever rules they want, right? When it comes to time travel movies, all bets are off. They just make up shit as they go. (laughs) None of it worked. There's not there. I've I've never once seen a time travel movie that didn't have some flaw in it, like Twelve Monkeys. So, talking about time and flaws. Could you believe Christopher Lloyd was 46 years old when he played Doc Brown? I can't Holy believe shit. he's 80-something now. He's, he's like 86 or something like that. 
That's so crazy. It, it's completely insane. 46 years old. Like, and, and you could tell, like I, I was paying attention to the, uh, to the makeup. It looks like they put like Elmer's glue on his neck to kind of show yeah. like dry scaly skin. Yeah. 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 So they aged him well, but still the fact that he was 46 years old. And when you try to look for pictures of him back when he was like in his early forties and you pick up on this, like, Oh my God, our perception of what 40 and 50 looked like is totally skewed between 1980 and, 2023. I mean, if you think about it, dude, when he was on Taxi, he was in his mid-30s in Taxi. Late to late yeah, 30s. he looked pretty rough. He looks pretty no. rough there. Yeah. <laughs> so. the, the, the funny thing is that they they clearly added some cosmetic uh, additions to, to age him a little bit between the, the doc that we start off with and the doc that we spend the rest of the movie with. Um, and if you compare the doc that we started off with he doesn't, I mean, he's got, you know, a little bit, like you said, something on his skin that makes him look a little bit older, but I mean, he really doesn't look all that much older. And I think, I mean, it's, I mean, a lot of movies will, uh, they'll go easy on making you look old because they don't necessarily yeah. want the, the actor or actress to look unappealing, let's say, or off-putting, right? Because they're elderly at that point. But if you look at him today, he doesn't look like that at all. Like, no, no, he didn't age the way that they thought he would in this movie. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. And actually, it was great because in you know, fast forwarding to Back to the Future Part Two, they actually like don't put that much makeup on him because he has that scene where he takes off the skin. Mm-hmm. He yes, the whole, and so yes. he looks young. So they just they just gave him a wig basically and just put him a little bit of makeup for the lights and stuff like that. But otherwise, that's that's Christopher Lloyd at that point. Like you didn't have to worry about makeup. You know, it's just it's just hilarious. I love how they do cost cutting measures like that in these movies. So like, but anyways, going back to the motion picture. So like, that he 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 goes to you know school. We meet his girlfriend. He 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 rehearses for the uh, the dance, the school dance, to be the band of the school dance, and his band's called the Pinheads, which is a hilarious name for an eighties fucking high school rock band. Yep, yep, yep. And all the all the guys in the rock band, they all look like they're in their thirties, but they're supposed to be in high school. So yep. he's supposed to be he's supposed to be a seventeen year old at this point. Seventeen right? year old. And at this point, Michael J. Fox is I think he was twenty five, twenty four. <laughs> so so it's and, like and he's uh <laughs> playing uh Huey Lewis music. He's playing for his high school and funny, I love that Huey Lewis is actually the judge. One of the yeah. judges, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. great. I just was like, oh my god! Every time I watch, it, I'm like, Huey Lewis. I was. It's a great excited. little like little nugget of the background oh. knowledge. Like it's there, oh there's so god. many little pieces in this. So this before movie. we get too deep in it, should should we talk about the recasting? Oh yes. So if no one's ever heard of the story of Back to the Future, so Michael J. Fox was not the original Marty. The original Marty McFly was. Eric Stoltz. Now, mind you, they they wanted Michael J. Fox, but he was already engaged with uh, another family, another show. Family ties. Family ties. And he he was in contract with them, and so they were filming Monday to Friday, nine to five kind of thing, like mm-hmm. daytime recording. Yeah. And so he essentially had to. He didn't have time. They he said, "I can't do the film," and they started off with Eric Stoltz, and then they made it five weeks into recording and to filming and they swapped, they, they basically fired him 
so funny story per the movies that made us on Netflix. This is the story that they said when they were making the motion picture, they really wanted him. But like you said, they couldn't get the time. And then the guy who, who ran um, Universal at that point, who wasn't the, the owner, but he was like, the, he wasn't the, the, the guy, the CEO, it was a CFO a guy named by the name of Sid Scheinberg. They couldn't get him. But he wanted Eric Stoltz. He's like, Eric Stoltz would be perfect for this role. Eric Stoltz is a very dramatic actor. Extremely dramatic, especially in the 80s. He was always in dramas. That was his thing. He was one of these guys that took the role and was like immersed in the role. It was like real fucking method kind of guy. Well, he he had just recently or was about to release a film that he had gotten a lot of acclaim for. Mask. Uh, ma- mask, yeah. Mask, mask. It, it was with, supposed with to be. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Uh, and Sam yeah. Elliott. And Sam Elliott. And so it's it, it was a big deal, but he's, he's it a was. guy. He's not he's a, a he's not a he's a not quirky. He's guy, not funny right? guy. So, but the guy wanted him, and they couldn't get Michael J. Fox. So before they started filming the movie, this guy Sid Scheinberg told them, "Eric Stoltz is going to be great, but if he's not great, don't worry about it. You can start the movie from the beginning. Start all over." So they went through five to six weeks of shooting and Robert Zemeckis was just like, this is not the movie we wanted to make. This is not what we wanted to do. This movie's a fucking disaster because Eric Stoltz was acting super dramatic, very fearful. Like his character was scared because he was like in the fifties, like, Oh my God. So he was Mm -hmm. acting even off camera. He was acting like as if he was in the fifties, like, like terrified. Of what yeah, they, he was. They he asked that people only refer to him as Marty behind. Yeah, the, like, like even super the method, camera. super method. Yeah. And his clothing was like dark colored, like it wasn't bright, like it was very like goth serious. almost, like very serious. He took a very serious turn where this movie's not serious at all. I mean, it's fucking... like it, if you took the script for Back to the Future and painted it with the mood of Donnie Darko. <laughs> Yes, like it's that's, like that's it's, what I'm picturing the whole that's time. That's basically what you're talking about, dude. It's oh, basically yeah, it's what accurate. you see. Yeah, it's like fucking just so moody and all over the place. But, but, uh, but yes, aside from Eric Stoltz, to, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, go ahead I, I, I don't mean to say, but just I'm sure Eric Stoltz is you know talented and so forth, Very. but he, he just wasn't he just wasn't the person for this role, right? They had a ton of people at the audition too. Um, it, I think I sent it to, to Tomas the other day on, yeah, on uh, Instagram. But Ben Stiller was a person that auditioned for the role. Ben um, Stiller auditioned for yeah, the role. Yeah, uh, Billy Zane. Billy Zane, who's actually um, in the movie, by the way. Billy Zane is one of the henchmen. He's a henchman. Um, oh, really? One of the yes. guys from Will and Grace, I believe. Um, a couple of actors. When you look it up, it, it just no, not, it blows your mind. Not Will and Grace. Not Will and Grace. Two and a half men. John Cryer. John, John Cryer, Cryer. I'm sorry, yeah. Yes, John Cryer. He, he uh, fucking Peter DeLuise, uh He 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 uh, he came. He uh, auditioned for Biff. Let's see who else auditioned. Uh, ben Stiller. You said Ben Stiller. Uh, fuck, man. I mean, it was it was a ton of people. Like super. Like all these like young actors, up and coming actors, up-and-coming. auditioned for the for the for the movie for like to be a part of the motion picture. It was wild, dude. Like they they had the they released the audition tapes. It was nuts. Oh, see Thomas they, Howell. They have see Thomas Howell, fresh this? off uh, Outsiders. What happened? Was, was it already kind of hoped to be a, a big film at that point, or was it? I I just think they were because it's a Steven Spielberg. So talking to you about Steven Spielberg, it says yeah. Steven Spielberg presents, 
because he had just this is like one of the first movies that he produced under the Amblin Entertainment production. Band. Oh, okay, okay. So that makes and, more and sense. Then. So th- th- so after he made you know his movies, like this was one of the first movies that he produced as Amblin motion picture, like. So it says Steven Spielberg presents because he's the executive producer. I mean, it's his money producing this motion picture. They only spent nineteen million on this film. Yes, yes. It's made three hundred and eighty-three. It made no. It made yes. That was the global box office. It was the number one movie of the year in nineteen eighty-five. It made three hundred and eighty-three million dollars worldwide. And you're so confident that you end the movie already presenting a sequel. So that didn't happen until they released it on VHS. It was added to the first release of the VHS that it was going to say to be continued. And it was very ballsy. Yeah, because it hadn't been, I don't think, greenlit at that time. Um, But yeah, opening weekend, 11 million bucks. That's that's more than half in the first, what, three days. That's crazy. Just to give you an idea, do you know what 380... Do you know what three hundred eighty-three million dollars in nineteen eighty-five is in two thousand twenty-three? Well, three hundred eighty-three million over the years that it's been out. Something. But sure. Hold on, I'll tell you right now. I will tell you right now. Calculate three hundred eighty-three million dollars from nineteen eighty-five. On an inflation Billions. calculator Billions. is one billion eighty-eight million one hundred thousand eight hundred sixty four dollars and thirty one cents that is Damn. insane on a budget of 19 million dollars it made 383 in 85 how did i not get this i just realized that strickland was the general from top gun oh yeah how he's the, I, yeah he's the admiral that yeah he's the james admiral, yeah. yeah he's the admiral Way to go. oh he's a director now check that out all right cool Jeez, but, all these, yeah, but man, there's so much good stuff. This, about movie, this movie is insane. Okay, so okay, going back, so we have the scene where where they have the band, and we're gonna be I mean, this is gonna he, be the, this is gonna be the shitty Huey Lewis episode. Shuts him I don't down. care. Huey Lewis shuts him down, which is hilarious that Huey Lewis shuts him down, and so whatever. So he he goes home, and as he's going home from uh, the thing, I know I know that you know the, his girlfriend gets picked up by the. By the guy, by her dad. She and gets a, stuff. He gets her number, and she gets says, her number, "I love you." He's like, "Whatever." But he gets home from from school, being out, and he sees his dad's car is wrecked, and he walks in the door, and there's Biff talking mm-hmm. shit, and just be like, and he's like, "Oh, did you see the stain? Like, I spilled my beer because of the accident." I'm like, "Oh my god!" Truck driving. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Like this is such an '80s movie, bro. You didn't tell me about the blind spot, you know. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you about the blind spot in the vehicle. I didn't see a blind spot before you took the car. (laughs) Christian Glover, what a weirdo! My God, he's so slimy. And Uh, Christian Glover, we should talk about that. Crispin, 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 Crispin. So, so you know, obviously, he he does a great job in this movie. You'd realize he didn't come back for the second and third. No, he did not. Even though he's featured. Kind of in the second film, someone shows up and plays him. They put makeup on him and they did his voice and they hang him upside down because he's got a back issue so that you don't can't tell that it's all makeup and he doesn't quite look like the guy we saw in the first movie. (laughs) And then 
Crispin Glover turns around and sues them. And that's what establishes the, uh, that he sues them for a million dollars because it establishes essentially the rights to using someone's likeness from yes. that second back to oh, the future film. My God. That's yes. amazing. That's so hilarious. if you go and we watch it and you get to get to the screen, this, the scene where dad comes in floating upside down. Cause he's got a back problem pause it and look upside down you'll be able to clearly tell that it's not him but when he's upside down from your perspective you can't tell because the guy's upside down i don't recognize yeah. people from you know the opposite perspective he's like and, oh oh it's okay my back yeah, is gone. yeah. Is this, <laughs> just like... and, and that's also why you know whenever he he comes back to the future or wait at one point he, he goes he might maybe they go back to the past they, they do something and and dad's dead because they can't show him standing upright when he's healthy. <laughs> no, no, yeah. This is not the yeah, original actor. They just have the tomb. They just have the tombstone, and it yep. shows a, it shows a picture of him in the movie just as a young guy because he died. So oh, famous yep, yep, author, yep. whatever dies or whatever. So it's just yeah, it's one of those things, and it's it's so wild. These movies are just oh my god, I can't. I, I, There's I, so I'm much gushing. There's so much. There's so many levels in this movie. In this movie specifically. So there was so so as we see that he, you know Biff wrecks his car even though it's not his old car and then he still kind of he and he hounds George over his reports like his TPS fucking reports kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. okay. Hi, <laughs> so, hello, hello. Like, I have to Did take. I have to make there? it. I gotta make it home and retype them. You know, like I'm like, oh my god. But there's like there's one thing that I love about this movie and the, the, the joke that I love in the first movie. And I laugh every time I see it is jo uncle jailbird, Joey, all the jokes <laughs> about jailbird, Joey are the best. So when and we don't even know what he did, do we, we don't, we don't know what nope. he did. He's in we jail. Don't know why he's in jail. Nope. But like, but like just the, all the joke, the, the, there are two jokes. It's just two jokes. One is when he, it's in, it's in 85 where they're like, Oh, Looks like Uncle Joy misses parole. She slams the sheet cake down on the table. We're gonna have to eat the cake now. Yeah, like it's just that. And then of course, when he goes back in time, and Joey, which apparently I guess is Lorraine's youngest sibling, is in the is in the the, the playpen. Play and he goes, and he goes up to me like, to "These bars, but <laughs> he's like, he's like, so you're my uncle Joey, huh? You better get used to these bars, kid. Like every time I see it, I laugh out loud laughing." Because and then, it's just and then so what mom funny. says, mom says, "Oh, we take him out. He cries. We just so we just leave him in there. He loves yeah. it." So perfect. It's so good. Like this movie has so many scenes like that. Like well, and it, it just it highlights certain things that you know the generation of the '80s didn't know about, right? Like, oh, I've seen this one. How have you seen it? It's brand new on reruns. What is that? What's a rerun? Right? Yeah, no one has two TVs, two TVs. three TVs. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's all excited about the TV on wheels. Like that's a that was a big deal at the that's time, a, right? Well, no, no, it's a brand new TV. They just bought the TV that day, and I mean that TV, TV was probably like two hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks. And that's a lot back then, dude. That's a lot for sure. For sure, that's like you months know? and months of income. If and I don't even know how much a TV costs. I mean, we'll have to look it up. But I mean, a TV in the fifties. I mean, in nineteen fifty-five. I can only imagine what, it, what how much the TV cost. I mean, I only imagine what a what TV cost in 1955, dude. I mean, oh, oh, it was a, uh, uh, it was like 400 bucks. How much was TV in 1950? Oh, like between two and 
200 bucks is a yeah. lot of money, bro. That's, That's a, a lot of money. Big load of money. Because you're talking so, salaries of about three to four grand a year. I mean, a house a house back then cost what? Two, three thousand dollars a house sometimes? Seven grand, eight grand. Yeah, some stupid For amount. For a house. And then you have a TV that could cost six hundred bucks. That's that's a that's a ten a ten a, a six hundred dollar TV in nineteen fifty five adjusted for inflation today to twenty twenty three is six thousand eight hundred and forty three dollars for for a thousand dollars for a television for a TV set that was probably a twelve to fifteen inch tube set with two channels with two channels black and white probably I mean that's all they have oh right? hundred oh yeah so two, so dude you think about this now like. You could buy a cheap $20 knockoff phone and it's got internet. It's a cell phone. It's got all the channels that you could download yes, and all the yes. shit that you can watch for, for 20 bucks. And this was almost seven grand. That's, that is, that is insane to me. It's did you crazy. notice that? And I know that we're kind of jumping around to the end, but did you notice the, uh, the cover of the book that dad made? Yes. It was, it was him in the radiation suit and it not only, was him in the radiation suit, but it had his tape player. Yes, the and the Walkman. The Walkman. And it yes. has the blow dryer. And yes. uh, it, it, the, the book is called Match Made in Space because he's a corny <laughs> sci fi writer, remember, like when he was writing at lunch. Um, and so I thought this was so funny because uh, I was watching this. There, there was a cut scene, one of the, uh, I think one of the first scenes that they released as a cut scene was um, uh, Emmett Brown going through his luggage that he had thrown in the time machine back in 1955. So 1955 Emmett Brown is meeting 1985 Brown's suitcase, the stuff that he packed himself, uh-huh. you know, 30, day, 30 years in the future. And among those things was uh, a blow dryer. And that's where Marty gets the blow dryer that he uses as a gun, <laughs> a ray gun in space was because Doc Brown from 85 packed a blow dryer in his suitcase to go back to 55. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, oh man. Oh, my it's God. so good. There's so many little things. Like, I feel like every time I watch this movie, there's just another layer that's uncovered. Yes. Um, you know, they, they talk about how, uh, well, no, that's from the second one. Whenever they see Jaws 19 on the, yes. on the theater. Yes. 3D. Um, 3D. The, it was in 2015 that he goes to the future, right? Yeah. Well, like within a matter of a few months or something like that, Jaws 19 didn't come out in 2025 or 2015, but um, uh, Godzilla did come out. And so it was like uh, another giant kind of thing. Cause the, yes. when you see the, the headline of the uh, Jaws thing was like a giant, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But when, when 2015 actually came around, it wasn't a giant shark. It was a giant Godzilla. That yeah. we actually had come out in the theaters. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in 2015, also in the movie, the Chicago Cubs win for the first time, and they won in 2015, also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I is saw wild. A video. I didn't. I didn't watch this, but I saw a video somewhere on on YouTube. I did never get around to actually watching, but they they speculate that Back to the Future predicted 9/11. I don't know how I feel about that. I haven't seen anything wow. like that. I mean. I always hear like the same thing about the Simpsons. You know, they predict everything before it comes out. And there's a lot of, a lot of kind of compelling uh, evidence examples. Right. Yeah. But I mean, they also made what 30, 40 seasons, some shit of the Simpsons. They were bound to hit the nail on the head once. I mean, come on now. Yeah. No, I, I don't know about that one, dude. I've never heard that I one. Don't know. 
Never so, heard that one. so uh, in in similar news, the band, the band at the Under the Sea dance. Uh huh. He says, "This is Marvin." Marvin. Ah, uh, yes, it's Chuck Berry's cousin, Chuck. So, it's me, Marvin. Marvin yeah. Berry, your cousin. I'm like, I yep. love that scene, dude. Yep. So, so the song "Johnny Be Good" was obviously released by uh, Chuck Berry. Yeah. And so it was kind of funny that they brought in Marvin Berry to be the person who like found this this new song. style of music. Yeah. Yes. But I went a layer deeper. The uh-huh. people who wrote the the band who wrote um, "Earth Angel," the song that they they play beforehand, uh-huh. was a band called the Penguins. Yes. And in that band. There was no one by the last name of Barry, so <laughs> it 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 doesn't fit. It doesn't all go together. They they put it all together. But the funny thing is that the Penguins, who originally did that song, had played uh, high school gigs before, so like <laughs> high school dance gigs that they had apparently done that no in way. years prior. That's like in, in like 53, they apparently did a, a, a high school dance in somewhere in California or something like that. Um, so maybe it was a cover band in the That's Under the Sea so dance, funny. right? That but is so funny. They kind of put it all together to where there were some pieces that kind of kind of worked. That's you know, they're, they're altering time here, right? They're changing history. But yeah, it was actually, I, I'm like digging through this. I was like, shit, they, they really put in homework on this. <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude. That's hilarious, man. I can't believe it. That's, that's wild. You know, a funny story. You know, you guys ever heard of um, Elvis Costello? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's a singer and he, he, he's been around since like the, the mid to late 70s. And he has some good, like, he has some good, like, like, like you know, like he his style is very strange. Like when he was younger in the early the late seventies, early eighties, he was he was more like ska influenced and like kind of like had some punk rock kind of style to it. It was it was wild. But he came to the states and he actually played a concert, like a free concert at a high school. Like really, yeah. His him and his band they played the concert. They played the concert. It's strange, and they, you can you can find that album too because it's it's a live album. Of him playing he's got concert. some pretty big hits out there i remember oh no he does he does he does but anyways going back to the movie there's a scene so wait, wait, wait hold like, on one other thing one other thing about the music what's up? what's up um the so so you know it's 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 1955 when marvin hears johnny be good and yes. gives it to his cousin so the actual song johnny be good comes out in march of 58 <laughs> so they were they were pretty close like they they really lined it all up they they, they did they did so, they did so they did timeline all kind of work it's, it's close why not and i thought it was hysterical because normally you think like whenever they select these songs like huey lewis news or or you know johnny be good or even earth angel they're looking for hits that fit the context of the yep. story they're trying to tell and so that you narrow the the, the options considerably and somehow they still made it all work for this yes, timeline that they yes, were altering. Yes. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that I was I was digging through some of this stuff and I thought it was super interesting. I know it was it's wild, dude. Like I mean, it, there's so many things in the movie. Like there's a so one of the things that I noticed from what from this scene was the scene when he was um, videoing mm-hmm. the thing. He's shooting and, the uh, camera and that Twin Pines Mall. Yes. Yes, shooting the camera. And all that stuff, and uh, and 
the he's watching the video and they're do, they're doing the whole plutonium thing. He's switching out the plutonium core, mm-hmm. and there's there's the scene where he's putting the plutonium in very carefully. They're both wearing hazmat suits, and he yep. puts the plutonium in. And he twists, and you hear it go. And as soon as that happens, you see him like shake the camera, like he's like, "Oh my god!" Like he's just like, because he thinks it's gonna explode. <laughs> like it's just a great moment, and I love it. That, there's so many of those kinds of moments in the motion picture, it's, and, and they're all like, they're not insanely amazing. They're just good cheese. Like it's it's like if it's fulfilling to watch scenes like that sometimes. And it was just there's so many of those in the movie. They just. God, that they, scene they have these the little time. there's just little nuggets all over the film. Like, you're right. Like these little things that just kind of uh, nudge you in in the direction of like wanting a little bit more, like give me just a little bit more, you know, like, I mean, I, th- I still think it's hysterical that the um, what was it? It, it? He went he was at the Twin Pines Mall. Yes. And Emmett Brown talks about how, you know, back in the day, this was all just fields. Uh, old man Peabody had this crazy idea about breeding pine trees (laughs) and then he goes back into the past and he fucking runs into a barn and knocks over because it's not he knocks over one of the two pine trees by the mailbox Yes. And when he comes back, it's Lone Pine Mall instead of <laughs> yes, Twin Pines yes, Mall. Yes, yes. And like all the little things, like they even had, um, they even had a, uh, so, so you know, in the, in the movie where Emmett is trying to plug the extension cord back in to catch the lightning for the, the launch back to 85. Yes. He breaks the ledge, the ledge crumbles under him and, and it kind of deforms in the, the concrete. Well, earlier in the movie, when we're looking at 1985's clock tower, the tower was fine. The clock was broken, but the ledge was still solid. It hadn't been crumbled away yet. And then he goes back to the past. He crumbles it and he comes back to the future. The clock is crumbled again on that ledge. Like they were really thorough about it. And then it's also crumbled again. The ledge is still... The ledge is still crumbled when you go to uh, the movie, the second movie, and they go to the future. The clock has been replaced with a digital clock, but the ledge is still crumbled. Like they they really did a lot of good little points. Like if you're paying attention, there's cool little shit in this movie. That's I never know. I gotta watch that now. I gotta watch it again, dude. Go ahead. This is this is that movie. You could watch it over and over again, and you're gonna find new shit every time. But yeah, dude. Uh, You got a scene, dude? You want to talk about? You got that's good. Rewatching, I guess, that whole clock t- uh, clock tower scene, the suspense, the car turning off, not being able to turn it on, shaking oh, yeah. the steering wheel, hitting his head. Um, <laughs> you know, so much transpires in, in what's like a five-minute scene. Even Doc, like, sliding down the clock tower, right? It took a couple seconds, but they timed it all. I, I don't know. I, to me, I, I love that whole suspense, um, that, that suspenseful scene. Um, yeah, and again, going back I mean, to the whole clock tower, the lady f- handing out the flyers, and and again, all these little nuggets that tie in together, and uh, very well done. Uh, that to me, I, it's one of my favorite scenes where it's like quintessential Hollywood delivery of the hero pulling through after a couple of yeah. dramatic minutes. Yeah, for sure, dude. I thought um, I thought it was kind of interesting when. Uh, uh, Marty meets his dad in the diner 
and they're oh, yes. mirroring each, each other's mo- habits because, I mean, they're genetic. It's genetic. Right? And I'm yeah. sure, like, he, he grew up with his dad. He picked up his mannerisms, blah, 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 blah. He didn't pick and, up his and, dad and, being a fucking pedophile. <laughs> no. <laughs> a pervert. A pervert. A pervert, yeah. A pervert, yes. It was, it was a, a peeping Tom. So, yeah. so Marty gets to see how his dad fell in the street and got yes. hit by grandpa. Yes. Um, which is a great, which is a great line. The grandpa's like, he's like, Hey, he's like, Bella, what are these crazy kids got in front of my car again? I'm like, again, what is that um, all about? Like, <laughs> if, or, uh, or whenever the dad tells, uh, Marty's mom, if your kid ever acts like that, I'll disown you. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, Like there's and and, and, and Marty, you hear him at the very beginning, like um, uh, whenever his girlfriend's trying to cheer him on because he didn't get the gig for the high school. Like she's like, oh, there'll be another chance. You ought to uh, audition for this thing. He goes, I don't know if I could handle that kind of rejection. Yeah. His dad says it a few more times and, and you can really see how like the past starts to repeat itself and some yes. of these generational traits yes. are passed on. Yeah. This, this movie is full of so many nuggets. We we could go on with about this movie for days days for days i mean i mean we, we I, i've mentioned it on the on the show before uh, i don't know if Elias, you know of this but i believe it's at the usc film school the usc or ucla film school they have a class a whole semester class just on this motion picture really they talk yes they have a class just on this motion picture in regards to the script the direction like just because it's considered, it is considered a perfect movie because you have everything in the movie. You have great directing, great script writing, great character development because characters develop throughout the entire movie. And not just Marty's character, everybody's character develops throughout the entire motion picture. Everybody sure. has different levels to them. In the beginning, Marty's a self-centered high school kid. By the end of the motion picture, he's developed into uh, trying to become uh, the hero and and somebody who thinks of of someone else other than himself. You know what I mean? You have, you know, you have uh, uh, George McFly, who in the beginning of the movie is just this weird, reserved, just you know, super introverted nerd. By the end of the movie, he's got major confidence. Has has stood up to the bully. You know, got the girl. He steps to the bully twice because he has that guy who tries to steal Lorraine of the dance. You know, and Lorraine's gone from being some crazy little love-struck teenager to finding her actual true love into someone who actually saved her from a pretty horrible situation. Like, like she was about to get raped. Yep. yep. You know? Yep. Which is wild that they had that in the movie. Like, I mean... If you had seen the movie like for the first time, you're like, holy shit, this is not how was this movie PG? You know what I mean? Well, like or PG thirteen or whatever. That was but one still. of the things I was reading. They were talking about how they pitched this movie um forty times. And PG, it's PG. And that when they when they pitched the movie, essentially all these other studios were saying, like, this is far too uh campy. It's it's far too family oriented, blah, 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 blah. And then it went to Disney and they basically wanted to shut things down because it was incest between mom and Marty. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and so like, well, and, and mind you, I think they did it in a very 
tasteful way. At no point did it feel like incest. It was like, cause, cause Marty's like, you know, he free freaks out a little bit. He's a little bit shocked. And, and, and mom is like, it feels like I'm kissing my brother, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it, it really doesn't get deep into the incest concept. Right. And so, so I don't know. I think that it really should have, these people didn't know what they were passing on. This movie no. was just, it's there's too just good. so much too good so and, much and, i mean it's such it's such an influence on pop culture i mean how many times have you seen reproductions of the delorean from fast uh, from from back to the future oh my like, god yeah dude there's so many and i i have no idea where the original is even if it's out there i'm sure it's out there somewhere well they only had they only had three cars for the movie they only had three for the movie well i imagine they probably only had one that they could use too often because one of them had to just be perpetually covered in ice yeah yeah <laughs> so know? they only they, they only made they only used three three of them for the movie and it's funny because that you have the guy who uh the guy who wrote ready player one he's got uh a delorean and he drives it around it's it's a setup it's completely looks it's it's he had it rebuilt and it looks exactly like the delorean from back to the future like he has everything a, a, another has a, is that what Ernest Klein? Is that he Ernest Klein, right? yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, Another he's got item one about the DeLorean. When Lego released their uh, creators uh, build, um, you were able to construct the DeLorean in three different manners: either the first, oh, second, or third great. movie. So you could again, if your oh. favorite movie is Part Three, it's the How same box, but you could tailor it. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It already uh, I think like pieces. two, three hundred bucks. Oh, I gotta put that for my Christmas. Probably list. worth it. It's probably worth it. Yeah, oh, it's it is. so worth it. It's beautiful. Well, and the DeLorean, that's the funny thing is like the DeLorean, uh, of course, this is from before my era, but the, everything I know about the DeLorean is that it was a it was a futuristic car that a lot of people liked, but it was a piece of shit. It basically broke down everywhere. Yep. And and like the funny thing is, is that this movie is immortalized as being this fantastic vehicle because of this movie and everyone's essentially forgotten that it was a terrible vehicle. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so like, I hear about all these people that have restored them, you know, because whether or not they like back to the future, or they just like the DeLorean, they'll re- re- restore them to the original quality and it's still shit. <laughs> That's the yeah. problem. No, I know. Like, I know. <laughs> have problems with them after it's been restored. It's still a piece of shit. I mean, it's beautiful. Don't be wrong. It's iconic, but. So here's a crazy fact. The company went bankrupt in 1982. Yeah. It went through, ended it in, in a receivership and bankruptcy in 1982. So you're talking three years prior to the movie coming out. That's nuts. That's, dude. that's like, insane. Right. And this, I mean, they, they clearly knew what they were. I mean, maybe it was a, maybe it was a design choice. Maybe that it was cheap. They were easy to get a hold of. Right. I'm sure that there was lots of them broken down and for real <laughs> that they could for buy real. up and just put the frame on it, you know, like a, a skeleton of some sort, you know, my God, dude, it's, it's this movie, man, I can't, I can't, I mean, it I goes can't. and it goes and it goes. There's so it's, much it's, to talk about. It's with this the film. gift that keeps on giving. So they mentioned in the movie when they were making the motion picture that, that what's his name? Uh, Crispin Glover, it's such a wacky, weird dude that it's just like him and and uh, and um, Robert Zemeckis butt heads all the time, all the time. That's all why he time. didn't come back for the sequels. 
And so, like one of the one of the one of the arguments that they had gotten that they had made was that he had uh, he had he he argued with um, with Robert Zemeckis about going through the door of the diner and that scene where Michael J. Fox and him go into the diner so he can talk to Lorraine, mm-hmm. and he told him like he he argued with him of how he wanted to walk through the door. That was it. So he argued with Robert Zemeckis because he didn't think that George would walk through the door in that manner. And then there's another then there's another scene where George is talking to Marty by the by the um the laundry line. Where they're talking he's, okay. he's, Marty's talking to him at the laundry line behind his house, behind George's house. And he's, mm-hmm. he's taking yeah, all the yeah, laundry yeah. off. Okay, he's got a laundry basket. And in one of the one of the shots. He's talking to him, and then he keeps walking out of the frame, so you can't hear him. He drowns out. He keeps walking in and out of the frame, and then Bob Zemeckis goes to him and says, "Crispin, you need to stay in the frame. I need you to stay in the frame, otherwise we can't hear you." And he's like, "Well, George wouldn't walk. George has to walk away, so you know you're gonna have to make it work." He's like, "But I can't make it work because you have to stay in the frame." So what they did is they. They put like a planter's box around him so he wouldn't walk out <laughs> while they were filming. And he says, see, George wants to stay in there during the scene. <laughs> what a weirdo. George so, wants to be here. Yes. So they had to build a planter's box around him like put it around him so that he wouldn't walk out because it would look awkward. So then technically, you know, it, it would it would like Crispin couldn't move because it's going to look weird for me to put step over this thing. So, right. but yeah, dude, it's just, there's so much in this motion picture, dude. So much like, like going back goes, to old man Peabody. And it goes and it goes. Oh my dude. God. Like the old man Peabody when the kids, he's, he's, he's already mutated into human form. It's like, <laughs> like I'm going to kill you mutant. And he just shoots at him. I was like, oh my God. Oh Jesus Christ! This movie—it's just so much. And then, like, when he drops off the car, and those old people are back and drive Wilbur down. Like, just like, like so weird. It's like, what is? Yeah, wrong what with was going people? on with that? What was that? Were there, like, there a thing about them? He was, like, he was already—he was looking like a human. He just had the suit on. So he had the hazmat suit. So I guess it scared her. I don't even know, dude. I'm like, oh my god, what is with these people? Holy shit. So we also forgot to mention that um, when they recast um, to, to get Michael J. Fox into the movie, that at that point, they also recast Jennifer's character as Claudia Wells, um, because the 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 woman who who played Jennifer prior with uh, with the other what's his name? Stoltz. Yep. She yeah. was. Uh, she she had already you know done the five weeks five weeks recording, but she was too tall for Michael J. Fox, yeah. and so they brought in Claudia Wells, who was already their primary pick in the first place. Whenever they were trying to get Michael J. Fox, and we didn't even touch on the fact that he was filming. What was it? Family Ties. Family Ties. He was, he was filming Family Ties during the day. Then he'd go and film Back to the Future at night. He'd get five hours of sleep and go back to Family Ties the next morning. Yes. And he did this for like uh, seven weeks because it took him a total of 12 weeks to film the film. Five with the first actor, seven more with Michael J. Fox. And I mean, he was sustaining that five hours of sleep. They would pick him up. The His driver 
had a key to his apartment so that he could go into Michael J. Fox's apartment, wake him up, put him in the car, get him dressed and get him to, to filming at the right times and, and he, shit. And he would sleep in the car. And so there's, so, okay. Mm-hmm. So they made, they talked about the filming of how they filmed it because there's, you know, certain scenes where Michael J. Fox is actually not in the scene. Like yeah. he, so, so he could rest. So there's a scene where you have, there's the dinner scene. With Michael J, with Marty, his two, his brother and his sister, the Lorraine and George. So if you look, if you watch that scene, when you see when she's walking up with the cake, Marty's facing her and his back's to the camera. Mm-hmm. That's not Marty. That's not Michael J. Fox. He's gone. He's already filmed his scene. Then they do a close up. That's all Michael J. Fox. He filmed one or two close ups, and that was it. And then every time you hear him, it's just kind of like a voiceover. So we did ADR afterwards so that they could add in the, the voiceover. But you hardly you don't see Michael J. Fox at all in that scene except for maybe a one or two close-ups. That's it. Because he did that and he went back home and slept so he could be on the set of Family Ties. Jeez. There were a whole lot of times that they were just having to reshoot things and having yeah. to uh, reuse certain takes, for example, that Michael J. Fox was not even hired at the time for. Nope. Like they no, filmed yeah. him with with either a stunt double or um, Stoltz as the as the prior you know cast yeah. person. They they they, they still use some of his scenes. Like we could notice it was him, but they use his scenes. Is, sure. is that covered yeah. in the Netflix documentary too? Yes. Oh, I gotta, I gotta yeah, watch. they they mention it, and there's also um, they go through. Uh, I'm trying to think what else they 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 also cover some of the items around like uh, the secrets of Back to the Future, the film that they released. They um, basically answered a bunch of fan mail about questions that they had about the film, and yeah, like they covered a bunch of different items there. They showed a bunch of like behind the scenes films and stuff. So there's there's a bunch of things that have been cut out. They even had uh, a segment you remember whenever um marty is at dinner with his mother after he'd been hit in the car and they're watching tv yeah originally what they were watching on tv was a cigarette commercial that they filmed a fake cigarette commercial for a fake brand but they pulled it because you know at the time in the 50s you know cigarette commercials were common but they've been banned at a certain point and by 85 when this movie came out it was very taboo and so they basically removed that and put in a rerun which which gave us you know a better outcome honestly as a sequence yeah. that, a series yeah. of lines that work really For well. sure but all of that said i mean there's all kinds of things that cut out of this movie the, yeah the, the same scene where emmett brown is going through his suitcase and finds the hair dryer he also talks about, he pulls out and holds up a playboy and he's like the future is looking much better <laughs> yes yes and he's yes, looking at the true. centerfold unfolded and he's like that's the future's true. Looking much better than what i thought <laughs> that's that's true that's true and, and 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 i think it's hilarious that you know like every time uh every time uh, marty says that's heavy and he's like there's that word again is there something what? wrong with the gravitational, the gravitational pull, pull. in the future? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, and I love, I love the running gag in every Back to the Future movie is, uh, is the is the model. I apologize for the model, the crudity of the model. I will, I didn't have a chance to build it to scale. Yeah, <laughs> every time I forget. <laughs> every about movie, that. every movie, like in the second part and in the third part, it does the same thing every time. I apologize for the for this model. I, I didn't have a chance to uh, to build it to scale. 
Well, and, and, and it catches fire and he's like, you're yes. really instilling confidence in me, Doc. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 dude. Oh, my God. I, 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 did, I did not even realize that whole aspect. And then, like, when he goes back, when he sees Doc for the first time, he's like, oh, yeah, well, tell me who the president of the United States is in 1985. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> tell me Jerry Lewis is the vice president. It's just, it's just like... Dude, it's oh it's so God. good. And, and, you know, I don't know if it was... I'm going to chalk it up to really, really good writing because I feel like they weren't... They weren't in a particularly ideal period of time that all these things just coalesced into a perfect mix. Yeah. I'm sure that somebody... Th- these folks could have done this five years earlier or five years later and it would have been just as good with different tropes, different you know, hooks into the current pop culture zeitgeist at the time. And man, it's just, God, I love this movie. This movie is just, I don't so understand. I, I, I don't get it, dude. It's just, there's just, this movie's incredible. I just, I can't get over this movie. I can't get over it. Every time I watch it, it's like watching it for the first time. I, I'm never tired of watching this movie. I don't get it. It, it truly is never that tired. good. Never tired and, of watching this movie. And at this point, you know, like there's, I'd watch it over and over and over again. We could do as many episodes on this movie as we want, and we'd have a <laughs> lot of content. That, that's part of the reason why I wanted to to pick this one. Is you know, it's like it, it's it's a bit of a rite of passage when it comes to movie podcasts to talk about certain films, and Back yes. to the Future is one of the biggest ones. Yes. Yep. This is this is definitely. Uh, Let's call it our puberty phase relative to the podcast age. This is this is us <laughs> entering manhood, right? <laughs> oh my oh, god, man! Dude. I love this movie. Was there any other? Are there any other points that we need to touch on? I mean, I keep gushing about this movie, and I could well, go on. And and on we, but... we could talk about the skateboard scene, also. Ooh, yes, yes. Let's talk about the skateboard good. scene, guys. Go, go ahead, you guys. Go talk with them. I'll, I'll, I'll talk forever. But pulling off the. Uh... The little basket in the front of the, uh, what would you call it? A scoot cart? What were they called? Like a stand? It was like a scooter at the time. It's a scooter. It's a push scooter. But just pulling him off and he got all sleek and crazy and, you know. And then, again, you see that same theme in two and in three, the evolution of the skateboard. The manure. The manure. Mm -hmm. Um, the manure I, never goes away. It's always so good. I, I love the the ingenuity of of the fifties too, like crafting your own stuff and building your own toys. I mean, those yes. I mean, there was no like toy stores. I mean, they they existed, right? But not everybody could afford going to a toy store, so it required people to build things. Like my, I'll never forget my uncle uh, from my cousin. He built a bottle cap gun out of wood. Dangerous as fuck. Wow. I don't know why the hell he would build them this, right? Shooting bottle caps. <laughs> No, that's par for the course. With, that, that's the right era. You could legitimately shoot your eye out or cause some sort of scar on your body shooting these things. But again, it's one of those things from the times that just kind of like lined up in the 50s and 60s and, and the innocence. So, yeah, they, 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 you have the bottle cap guns. You have the rubber band guns. Rubber band guns. And for Same the record, I've, I've never been able to skateboard. I, I do not have the balance. Neither have I. I've I've almost busted my wrist doing it, and I said screw that. I've I've fucked around with a penny board, and I had some twenty five cent ring on my finger. Sliced my shit up, saw my bones. Yeah, I'm not Oof. a fan of I'm not a fan oh of skateboards. 
there, there is a guy on on Instagram that has like this whole tribute page to the eighties, and he actually has a three D printed hoverboard that he's had signed by Christopher Lloyd. Oh my god! It's oh, authentic and beautiful. It is to scale. It's perfect. The whole Mattel I, Barbie thing to it too. It's got the Mattel label. It's it's. I gotta look at this page. It's so good, dude. Oh my god! It's just these little nuggets that are so entrenched in pop culture that they've all had a chance to become some level of iconic. It, I, I just truly, I don't know. I mean, and this here, is me getting nostalgic. I just hope it doesn't get lost to the history. Like, there's such good films that this one is so fun. There's, there's a scene. So, so one of the things that I noticed in the motion picture, which was funny, if you guys ever played the game Biohazard. Yes. Yeah. 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 So the whole thing with Goldie Wilson, which is hilarious in its own, where he's like, he's like, Mayor, I like that. Mayor Goldie mm-hmm. Wilson, I like the sound of that. You know, he's just, it's great. But it shows you a little bit of the, the, the social aspect of, over there, you know, like back then of, of him being an African-American and, you know, not really getting the opportunities that he was, even in California, because, you know, California is quote unquote woke. But in the 50s, even in California, I mean, he wasn't getting the opportunities that he was he would be getting at that point. So he had to kind of build himself up and become mayor, Mayor Goldie Wilson, right. all that stuff. But I thought it was hilarious with the announcement that band that going around, vote Mayor Goldie Wilson, all reelect. And uh, a vote for Will Goldie Wilson My is a vote name for is progress. Pro- yeah, vote for Goldie Wilson is a vote for progress. And to me, it sounded like the weird voiceover not the main guy the bad guy but like the weird automated voice when you gain a level in biohazard where it says uh where it says uh oh my god the city of progress i'm like oh my god dude i'm like please tell me that this the guy of course i mean like that's not a reference because it sounded exactly exactly like the person so i'm wondering like Oh my god, is the same dude did the same fucking voice? Like it was just it was perfect. It was perfect. I was like, oh man, if that's the case, bro. That's that's dope. Dope. I mean, there's oh all kinds god. of little nuggets that they they hide in this movie. And this this has been so influential that it's still, you know, referenced in all kinds of other movies, you know? Like it's just it's just one of those ones that's gonna I hope stick around for a long time. I hope I'm not I mean, too being too nostalgic, but I hope it doesn't I, I, get remade. Let's say that. Well, well, mind you, mind you, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale own the rights to this movie. They never sold it to the big people. They pitched it, but they never sold it because uh, Spielberg was like they own the rights. They still own the rights. So Spielberg was the one who kind of gave them, got them everything going. But they own the rights to the movie. Did you did you see that there's uh, there was a Photoshop version and this is entirely unconfirmed. We're not breaking news here, folks. <laughs> I saw a Photoshop version uh, because there's always been kind of hints of a Back to the Future four, and oh. while it's it's been really unlikely for a long time, it is no, probably yeah. just as unlikely at this point, right? Um, but they had cast Robert Downey Jr. as Doctor Brown, and uh, shit what's the guy's name what's the uh tom holland as uh marty and when you see the picture it looks it looks pretty good and there's even a trailer <laughs> for it there's even a trailer for this movie 
Um, but it's it's uh, it's all fan made and, and and looks very convincing. Looks very good. There's lots of little clips that they put in of like other DeLoreans from other movies or Christopher Lloyd from other movies. But it's it's uh, I, I I would go and see it if they put a fourth one out for sure. I'd go <laughs> oh, and see for it. sure, Take oh, money. yeah, hundred percent. I would. But yeah, but like he, they've asked Bob Gale if he would ever excuse me if he would ever remake the movie, and he says it flat out. Nope. Why would you remake the movie? There's no reason to remake the movie. And the the studios asked him, like Universal asked him, let's remake the movie. Let's do it again. It's printing money. I mean, yeah. And he's like, he's like, no, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to? There's already enough of a following that would just go and see it. I mean, we didn't get into this yet. And I don't know if I want to open this can of worms, but I started, I, 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 started kind of thinking through the um oh and we haven't even touched on the libyan uh oh yeah that thing we didn't get there um i started thinking about how disney does all these reboots and you know how they keep reusing this old ip and um i started and this this article that i was i was coming across was this person they were uh writing about how um the Snow White movie we mentioned before, you know, they're they're hesitant to leverage uh, people that are shorter as the dwarves in the Snow White movie, and uh, because it doesn't quite fit with you know today's uh, societal norms, we'll say. And uh, he's talking about how the point of the movie is not that they're dwarves. The point of the movie is that you overcome all odds. You are tempted by vanity and you're, um, you know, all these other natural uh, characteristics of really high quality films and, you know, that escapism kind of perspective and all these movies could absolutely achieve that. The, the, The reason that Disney couldn't just write a movie that uses those tropes is because they could, yeah. reuse old IP and get the bandwagon of people to jumpstart the funds to regain their money. Yep. And so it doesn't need to be true to the original, you know, concept. It doesn't need to be even remotely related. You just need to call it the same thing as the old movie and people associate the two and then they go forth and see it. And it inherently brings all the bandwagoners to go and watch these movies. And so it doesn't really matter you know, if it's remade or if it's new, it's because when they remake it, they're using that IP. Yeah. And so if they, if they were to make another <clears throat> Back to the Future 4 at this point, and it wasn't done by realistically Zemeckis or somebody else with, you know, deep ties to this film and its production, mm-hmm. I, I would have serious doubts about it being of any quality whatsoever because it's just going to be another attempt at what we saw from, you know, all these other Disney live action remakes. You it's know? a cash grab. That's all it is. It's a cash grab. hundred percent. I mean, there's, there's all this, you know, they, they want to make more money. And because, you know, we all know the studios are like really like losing a lot of money in general. And so they're, they're trying to find a way to get another hit, to make more money, to keep going in the network and keep going to do what they need to do. But it's just, but yeah, they, they'll, they, they've said it. They'll never, they'll never ever, do that like they remake these movies at all they'll never remake the movies at all well, look i mean we need to be honest here i don't care who you are everyone's got a price yeah for real Every, everyone's got a price you just got to find somebody who's willing to pay it yep and all right well 
I would pay that bill. I, oh, I 100%. Pay. I would pay. I would so pay the bill for this movie, dude. Especially right. if it was like, if it picked up where we left off. Um, because, you know, they there, there has been a... Uh, I don't know if you, we, we, we don't really need to go into too much of it, but you know the animated Back to the Future series? Yes, I love up, that picks show. Up where the the third movie ends and you know doc brown restored his delorean but he also still has the train and they bounce around time and they come across all the descendants and ancestors of uh Mm -hmm. biff tannen and you know like there's there's comedic moments you know like there's a dinosaur that's at some point who has biff tannen characteristics but it's a cartoon right so it's it's a kid show um, but the funny part that i didn't because i've never seen the show apparently emmett brown attempts uh, uh, science experiments that Bill Nye does and fails at them. So Bill Nye does the experience, experiment. Doc Brown tries to re- redo it and he fails every time. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. And that's, yes. that's, that's hysterical because Bill Nye is awesome too. Like, come yeah. on. For real, dude. Oh anyway, gosh. I could gush about this movie for days and days. Um, is it that time though? I think it's I, I think, think it's time it for top shelf. I think it's time for top shelf. Well, we got to do ratings. Let's so. go ratings first. Yeah, ratings. So I will go with my first one. I will go first. I'm going to give this movie a 9.5. I mean, I love this movie. Ooh. I don't care if you think. I mean, it's got, it, like I said, I consider this movie to be a perfect motion picture. There's so much that goes on with the movie. The movie's got everything going for it. Every aspect of this movie, I think, is great from beginning to end. You're not bored in the movie. The movie's two hours long. It's 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 an hour and fifty six minutes long, and it does not feel. Doesn't slow. let up the whole time. It does not feel slow at all. It's an enjoyable the hour and fifty six minutes from start to end without any issues at all. So nine point five in my book, probably the highest okay. ever rated. All day. All day. Why not? All day. I'm down for it. All day. Um, Let's see. The last movie that you rated anywhere near that would be uh, a tie between The Color Purple and Inglorious Bastards at a nine. Yeah. So, Elias, what do you think, man? Uh, Nine, eight. I I have to go higher than The Count of Monte Cristo. Um, Again, this is like, (laughs) this is my childhood relived. Or, or what the expectations were of what, you know, uh, the, the all-American family, the all-American life was. Um, it hit on so many levels. Yeah, I, Just in preparation for this podcast, I was listening to the uh, greatest hits of 1985. Um, <laughs> and, and the music. Thank you for doing your doing your duty. Dude, the Solid music's homework. amazing. And it's like a shit ton of different genres, but they're all really awesome, catchy tunes. Um Again, I, I grew up watching Michael J. Fox playing, uh, doing Family Ties, uh, watching Christopher Lloyd and, and a ton of other movies. You know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I didn't know that till many years later, by the way. Um, but you know, all these characters and actors that one has grown to love and, and admire, um, and still to this day, I, I will tell you, when I saw the the video of uh, of uh, Christopher Lloyd and, and Michael J. Fox meeting and hugging, that shit pulled at my heart. I mean, I, I legit like teared up. I was like, that is, that's beautiful. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So 9.8. I'm here for it. I get it. I'm on board. Um, so my rating, uh, we, we know how this all goes. Um, how much I 
uh, thought it was how well it was made out of five as a 4.6 for me. There aren't a lot of glaring issues. There aren't, um, you know, gaps, especially with time travel movies. There's easy to find little um, problems and things that people overlook. And I, I don't know of hardly any in this movie. I'm, I'm sure that there are some, but I, I don't yeah. know of any. And then uh, how much I enjoyed it. I gave it a 4.5. So that brings me to a 9.1. I gave it the lowest rating. <laughs> and that brings our average to a 9.46, which is higher than any movie i have logged here the closest Ooh. thing i think i've got is uh the color purple and dune dune was yeah. kind of close to that yeah. um so yeah this is an absolutely incredible film if you haven't heard of this film please stop listening right now go home oh. quit skip work i don't care if you're driving skip to work, work. skip yeah. work Go home and watch this movie. Whatever you're it doing, if, if you're if you're on a date, listen to this in your car. Drop your date off at, at whatever corner you find, and then go bring him along. Bring him along. Why not? Oh, maybe, maybe. maybe. Go like. But if she if she's if, if she or he is a bitch slash dick, just drop them off and go find the movie. You're doing them a favor by making them watch it. Trust me. <laughs> so, so Tomas, right. top shelf. Tell me, I want to hear your top shelf, sir. Okay, my top shelf this week. Okay, was make it was, count. Better be good. Oh. Dude, I mean, I'm. There's a few things, but my top shelf this week, honestly, is Oppenheimer. I just saw Oppenheimer this weekend, and I watched it with my daughter, and fucking fantastic movie. I love the movie in every way. It, I think it's probably, it. I think it's quite possibly probably the probably the best movie of the year so far. And it's Ooh, probably, big claims. It's, it's probably one of the best movies of the 21st century. One of the best movies. Ooh, the it's, 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 big it's claim, there's, a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things with this movie that are just so amazing and it's quintessential Nolan because he jumps around the timeline like crazy. So, but it's just my top shelf this week is Oppenheimer. It's, it's so good on so many levels for me. So. I have high expectations. I do plan to watch it. I just haven't got around. To I mean, don't I, I, temper your expectations. Just watch it for yourself because Elias didn't like the movie. He no, said he didn't like I, the movie. I did. It 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 dragged for me. It just dragged. I just and, I, I love and, the story, the cinematography, but it dragged at the very end. And I can understand that because I have heard that too. That it is the first two hours are amazing, but the last hour can drag. So just. You know, temper your expectations. Just go in there with an open mind and enjoy the movie as much as possible. Okay. Okay. So, Elias. I love documentaries. And you guys are going to find this out over the last couple episodes, right? At Telemarketers on uh, HBO Max or Max, whatever the hell you call it now. I saw the trailer. I was like, Dude, what the fuck? You ever got those calls from people from the police benevolent association looking for money and stuff like that. Yes, yes. All that shit was a scam. I always thought it was real cops like calling and asking for donations. No, it's a bunch of low lives. It's, it's like a three or six part series. I don't know how many uh, total, total three, episodes, three, 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 but they essentially lays out how these people started this business, how they got in cahoots with the, these organizations for cops. They essentially kept 90% of the, uh, the proceeds of what was collected and only gave 10% back contractually, which was legal, and all for a fucking sticker that they would send people for the hopes that having that sticker on your windshield of your vehicle would stop you from getting a ticket. 
Um, but that is it's insane. fucking like when I'm telling low lives, like people that just got out of jail, uh, high school graduates, people smoking, doing drugs on the job. So long as you close deals and all this other shit, you were still employed. I mean, fucked up stuff. So yeah, totally recommend it. This is crazy. Yeah. So there's, it's a three episode docuseries for yep. season one. Yes. Only the first two episodes are out as of today. The third episode will come out in another three days. Um, on the on the twenty seventh, and executive producer Danny McBride. Yes, oh, shit. yes, yes. Yeah. He's, he's one of the executive producers. Check yeah, that highly out. recommended. It's on HBO right now. Good call, man. Uh, apparently this, streaming on Max Amazon channel as well as Max Spectrum on demand. Yes, yes, and uh, you know, fucking Kenny Powers, bro. Fucking Kenny Powers. Way so. to go! Way to go! <laughs> but uh, Derek, what's yours? What's your top shelf this week, dude? So we handed out it. I think uh, might have been before we were recording. I don't remember. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer you folks to the YouTube channel, but it is a podcast. Um, the YouTube channel is actually kind of cool because there's a little bit of animation that goes with it. But these. Uh, radio drama style podcasts yeah. there's these three folks they are in fact uh, anonymous we n- no one no one knows who they are we know their first name and it's probably just a character name that they've given um, they essentially have a broad outline of what they want their characters to do and they ad-lib it the whole time every time it's in live um, this was sponsored by the same folks that did critical role so they, the way it kind of sounds is they essentially, you know, bought the first season from these folks called, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on their name. Uh, I'm going to hold up to look it up. I've already forgotten. Um, anyway, the show is called Midst, M-I-D-S-T, Midst. Um, the first season is now out and completed and it's great. It is a really, really good show. Oh, the, 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 the crew that wrote it, that performs it, is called Third Person. Um, so they've done two other kind of series before, and this one is uh, a sci-fi space western. Uh, dude, it's so good. It's so good. These episodes are, I'm going to say, 20 to 35 minutes. Um, they do have podcast form, but the, the YouTube channel is kind of cool because they've got these animations that go with it to help you get the right mental image of the environment cool. that they're depicting. It is really, really good show. And uh, today, or maybe it was yesterday, the first episode of season two just came out and I picked it up where I left off and I am already hooked. There's these nice. maniacal characters. There's these things that are going on that you don't really understand what's happening or why it's happening, but it is a great little like Western space odyssey kind of thing. And I'm, I'm eating it up, eating it up. Um, check it out midst. That's uh, a podcast out there. That's cool. I, I already, I already put it to follow. Yeah. I just yeah, follow it yeah, now. I'd listen to it, man. Yeah. Listen, listen to, uh, I'd say any, any, I would suggest you start at the beginning, but maybe the first or second episode. If you don't like that, you're, you're not going to be hooked on it, but man, I, I really love this show. It's great. So, Sweet. Tomas, it is the time. You I must share to... with us. Back to the future, part two. <laughs> I wouldn't be oh, mad. God, no. I wouldn't be mad. We so, do it. so, I have so many things running through my mind. 
I'm thinking, should I go with a Kurosawa flick? Do we go that route? Do I go with maybe a Tarantino movie? Do I go with a 90s film noir? Do I go with an 80s fucking blockbuster? I, I got so much shit in my head, dude. I'm just all over the place. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the 90s movie. And the movie that I'm going to talk about is the 90s film noir motion picture known as L.A. Confidential. Oh. That's a fucking mind fuck, right? Yeah. So, and that movie I want to talk about, I love that movie, and I've mentioned it, and how I mentioned that that movie should have won Best Picture at the Oscars and not fucking Titanic. <laughs> I mean, that it was just those two. Those were the two frontrunners that year. Yeah. We talked about this on a prior episode, but yes. it's got Russell Crowe, Guy Pierce, Kevin Spacey, before we all hated him. Yes. Um, Dang Kim DeVito. Gosh, DeVito. Kim Shout out to the... If anybody knows who this is, there's a ska band from Florida called the Kim Basinger Band. Oh, I've never heard of them. Now that we're talking about Kim Basinger being in LA Confidential, the Kim Basinger band, I think they've only got like five or six songs on an album somewhere. I, I probably have that CD somewhere dug up in a corner. <laughs> Great band. Anyway, moving on. Uh, but Danny yes, DeVito, they James DeVito. Cromwell. Oh, it's a ton of people. There's a ton of people. Lots of, lots of good people in this. A lot of and, good character uh, actors, too. A lot of good character actors. I mean... It's, it's, it's full of people. It's full of a lot of actors. And it's a great motion picture. One of the best movies of the 90s, for sure. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, from but, 97. Yeah. So this is uh, doesn't appear to be streaming anywhere, folks. So you're probably going to have to you know go online and rent it or something like that. You could mm-hmm. probably uh, find it on you know Apple's rentals and Google's rentals yeah. and whatnot. I imagine even on Amazon, for that matter. But, man, I'm pumped. Yeah, I it's, to this. it's 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 awesome. It's awesome. Like, I, I love that movie. So yeah, so we're gonna watch we're gonna watch that movie, bro. The fucking LA Confidential. So when we so, come back, folks, be ready. Yeah, it's been this years. It's been out since ninety seven. Be years. ready. That time, watch it. it. Be ready. Be ready. So yeah, so uh, as always, we'd like to end the movie with uh, a quotation. I mean, I don't know what kind of quote you guys were looking for. But you know, my favorite my favorite quote in the movie, I've already mentioned it before, is the quote with from, you know, Joe Bird, Uncle Joe Bro Joey. You know, serial <laughs> my Uncle Joey, bigger you see's bars, kid. It's just I mean or I mean there's so many. I mean we could go on and on I, with I these always think quotes. of uh the recurring the recurring quotes from all the movies like Biff Tannen always saying, I hate manure. I hate- <laughs> it was even, it was even fear- featured in the, the Disney ride. Um, he says it in, in the, the ride footage when they, in, before they introduce you to the DeLorean and you ride around in it. Oh, that's in universal universal studios. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Universal. I was wrong. Yeah. Um, there's lots of good stuff here, but um, Hey, you get your damn hands off her. No, no, no. I'm going to give you... Here's a perfect closing quote. You ready for this? We're going to wrap it after this. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. If my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. (laughs) Yes, yes. That's a good one. That's a good Good one. Good night, folks. All right. Peace, everyone. Hold on. Before before we leave. There you go. Yeah, one more time. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. Let's go! Let's go! Peace!